All right. Hi there. I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. I'm Sina from Ohio. And this is Backlist and Chill. We are entering season 10, where we are talking about Amelia Atwater Rhodes, The New Den of Shadows, our first episode, Persistence of Memory. Now, is it The New Den of Shadows? Because I thought that Amelia called it something different on their website. Is is there an actual name? Because I only ever see it referenced as New Den of Shadows. I know somewhere there was like Return to the Den of Shadows. And I was like, Return to the Den of Shadows is cool. I think that's what it was, but I'm going to look now just to confirm fact checking real time. <laughs> real time fact check. Yes, yes. On uh, their website, it is labeled Return to Den of Shadows. Okay. Well, then we're going to call it that because I like that better. But at the podcast, we like to listen to, well, we like to read, sometimes listen, an author's backlist and watch how they grow or not. We read individual books and then we drink about them. So, what are you drinking? Oh, well, oh, should I, am I going first this time? Do, do you want to or do you want me to? No, no, I'll go first. It's just usually you're you're doing the absent thing. So I'm going to assume that you have something special. Because <laughs> I'm not just like, eh, it's absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. All right. So, um... Uh, I think we both had an issue trying to find something to thematically go with this fucking book, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at a whole bunch of things, finally settled on a variation of a drink called a lipstick memory, (laughs) which is a really, it's just like a really cool drink name. I don't know why. It sounds cool. No, that's cute. I like it. Uh, I took out, probably took out all of the stuff that makes it a lipstick memory, right. uh, but I'm just going to keep the name. So it is uh, sparkling wine mm-hmm. and blood orange juice. Oh, I love it. And uh, I'm calling it a blood memory. Love it. Mm-hmm. Good times, good times. And the picture looked really nice. Thank you. It has a very nice color naturally, like no enhancement needed. Blood orange juice is very cool looking. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. I like, too, that we both have a different cover because I have the paperback, which never came out in the hardcovers uh, cover, the Cliff Nielsen cover. I know, right? And they, I, I have seen your picture. And uh, the drinks, like, seem to fit their own covers. It's a very nice uh, contrast. Yeah, we did, a, we did a good job there. Yeah, high five us. Oh, we're awesome. <laughs> so, I'm not drinking absinthe. And oh my god. I made this choice because, as, as mentioned, you and I were both like, what the fuck does, does this book even have to latch on to? Mm-hmm. Thematically. Like, what's a fun reference? I had nothing. I've... Mm-hmm been trying for at least 24 hours to think of something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and finally i was just like you know what there's a bottle of duclaw's dirty little freak in my fridge that Mm -hmm. i picked up when i had a friend over the other month and i just i don't drink so it's just sat there Mm -hmm. i drank it last time i i don't remember when i definitely last drank it but i know i drank it during demon in my view because i thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) So it's a it's like a nice chocolatey beer. I don't know, some kind of alcoholic beverage. I don't drink. And <laughs> I decided that instead of just having drinking it from a bottle or pouring it into a, a cup, I was like, let's spruce this thing up so I can give it a name. I poured it over ice 
which is essentially watering it down, as if I assume it doesn't need any watering down. It's probably like no <laughs> alcohol. And then I scooped some Cool Whip on top of it because I wanted to make it into some kind of float. Yeah. And uh, this whole book is just very like trying to be one way, but then it's just got like this fucking fluff. <laughs> and so uh, this is my visual depiction of this this book. I'm calling it Defanged. Interesting. I am so excited to uh, hear the story behind that. <laughs> well, it has a lot to do with that main antagonist. <laughs> this is so, oh my God, I'm so excited to talk about this book uh, because <laughs> I feel like we have feelings that may be <laughs> different from one another. So curious. Oh, interesting. Right, because this is my first time reading the book in full. This is your mm -hmm. second time? Yes. Okay. The cover. I have it a cover by Cliff Nielsen, and I'm going to look... Oh! So I, I just Googled Persistence of Memory without Amelia Outer Roads, and uh, I did not realize that it was a Dolly painting. That yes. That explains a lot. Yeah, that's, as far as I'm aware, the entire reason why it was named this. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so mine is uh, honestly fairly boring, especially for a Cliff Nielsen joint. It is presumably Aaron lying on a red background, wearing what looks like a toga, which has always perplexed me. Sure it's not Siobhan? Is it Siobhan? Siobhan has red hair. What color hair does that person have? Uh, it's hard to say. Mm. It looks, it just looks ambiguously dark to me. Although she does have the blood dribbling out of her mouth, so I guess it would make sense that she's a vampire. But I guess at the same time, the idea of is it Erin, is it Siobhan, is Maybe possibly correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, anyway, it's just a fairly boring photo of uh one of them <laughs> gazing off into the distance as though they are um. Bummed or dead? Hard to say. <laughs> Bummed is appropriate. Sad that I'm in this book. <laughs> and then the top half has been sort of gradiented to black. And mm -hmm. it has the uh, title, Persistence of Memory, in a sort of handwriting-ish font. And then above that, Amelia Atwater Rhodes, author of A Wyvern Hail. Yeah, and like I said, it is a fairly boring cover, especially for Cliff Nielsen. Where are the magic swoops, Cliff? Right? He did so many good ones. And this one, he was just like, all right, you paid me $500, I guess. <laughs> the idea that he's like, I will do $500 worth of work and no more. You're lucky I turned this in at all. I think, too, this was right around when he started working on, like, hardcore working on the Cassandra Clare books. Makes sense. So I feel like everything else suffered because he was, like, had ones he really had to work on. Yeah, this is just so phoned in. Yep. So mine mm -hmm. is just in shades of black and white and gray and red. And, again, just a girl. This one's pretty clearly Aaron, except for the fact that Aaron's described as having short hair, but I'll let it pass. It's very <laughs> clearly not Siobhan. Right. Uh, the girl has like a super vacant expression. Her mouth is her mouth is very strange because it's just like poked open. Like, yeah. ooh. Um, but I do like that she's got this 
long, probably like red tool draped over her. And then there's like some digital, I don't know, feathers or something. I think it's a lotus flower and I don't understand why. You know, you are probably right. Well, and then like off to the right, there's like a weird swoop that's kind of snake-like. And I'm like, I feel like whoever did this digital thought they were doing Wyvern Hale. <laughs> because it's I mean, says Amelia, I want a rose author of Wyvern Hale. And I'm like, that could very easily be high if you made her have red eyes. It could be. It could be. So like, I like the image, but I don't know what it has to do with the book. So... My favorite thing, I'm looking at a digital copy of this, is that if you zoom in real close, you can see where they used hair brushes, like literal Photoshop brushes, but for yep. hair, oh. to f- fill it in, and it looks yeah. so bad. No, I can see it even on my copy, because it's like vaguely purple. Yeah. And it goes the wrong direction. But you're right, I think it's a lotus flower. That has nothing to do with anything. No, I don't understand it. I thought maybe the snake-looking thing on the side was a stairway at first, and it might be like a dolly reference, but I don't think it is. Right, like, this this book had an opportunity to be about anything, and to then have the cover reflect that, and instead, because both of our covers are just like, what is this? (laughs) What's it supposed to be? That's what you walk into the book with. Right, it really is like a bland non-impression that both of them make. I will say, I'm going to fucking have a take here. You going to drag our boy? Uh, Well, I mean, I feel like we already have. Like, (laughs) Cliff, this was not your best work. And I think you know this. Um, There's no shame in that. It's okay. If you don't remember doing this, you don't have to. You got paid, so it's fine. But no, I do think that both of these covers are still... The best covers of any of the new Den books. So, you know, what does that say? Right. And and like I said, I like this cover. I just don't know what it has to do with this book. <laughs> I don't either. I, Aside from the girl looking vaguely traumatized, although her expression is awful. It's like the worst part of the book. Like, this is otherwise a pretty good cover. They started to go with that weird, like... Do some swoops, I guess, behind the title. Like, yeah. Like this one. I think that this was redesigned after Token of Darkness. Because if you look at them all side by side, they have like a style. Yeah. For the New Den books. And that style was set by Token of Darkness, which is tragic. <laughs> right. And then they went back for the paperback of Persistence and gave mm-hmm. it this cover. Because like I said, they never put out your cover. Right. And... All of them have that kind of grainy, supremely digitized look. Yeah. Um, except for Poison Tree, which has like a overblurred. Super airbrush, yeah. Yeah. It's like someone took a picture and was just like, oh, blur, 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 blur. <laughs> but the rest of them have that, that like attempting to be Cliff Nielsen in a bad way. I mean, you know, we've dragged it before, but they do like extremely deviant art, and it's not great. Yeah, because there's some gorgeous deviant art out there. <laughs> this right. Is, this is not it. This is uh, average deviant art, I would say. Yeah, where you're like, oh, that's really cool. Good job, my friend. Good job, teenager. You did great. Yep. So, who knows who these artists are? I hope they got paid a lot of money. Yeah, good for them. 
But I really would love to know, like, what did Random House tell you this book was about? How did you get here? Right. Do you think it's another instance where they just found a vaguely related image and purchased it? Probably. I'm going to read the back. Okay. But I, I want to know how you pronounce her last name. Um, hold on. I need to see it spelled out. Because I did, it took me a little bit, but I did come to a pronunciation. <laughs> so I've been debating it. I just started saying Mizrahe. Okay. I've been saying Mizrahi. Sure. But I, Mizrahe is equally just, valid. just as fine. Mm-hmm. I like looked up the name. Is it another fake one? No, but like probably. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a kind of name where I look at it and go, you probably made this up, but there are people out there who have it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a lot of people. <laughs> like, a, like, what is it, weirder? Yeah. So the people that I did find, though, were like, I think there were a couple Middle Eastern people and a couple of Jewish people. And so I'm just like, well, Erin is never described to be either of those. No, but if if I were just going to pick this book off the shelf and look at her last name, I would probably assume that she was Middle Eastern. Yeah. But as you said, that never comes up. And I'm pretty sure Erin is FFFF. Yeah. And she like... She has brown hair, and she has, I think it's described as hazel eyes at one point, because she says, like, what what Siobhan looks like, and says, where are her whatever mm-hmm. eyes? So it's like, you kind of have a description, but your dad's name is, I think, Peter. <laughs> Which <laughs> makes me laugh, because I think, name. wasn't it Peter? Peter Weeder. Peter Weeder. <laughs> do you think, um, Terry. do you think, think Turquoise's dad was also Peter? Yeah, I think all dad's names are all Peter. All dads are Peter. <laughs> all dads are Peter. And so, like, it's his last name, not the dead mom. Yeah. It feels like one of those remnants of, of a thing that you write when you're 13, right? Yeah. Because I definitely had times when I was, you know, a teenager, and I, like, mistyped a word and was like, that's a cool name I could call a character. Right. And you're just like, well, people just have made up names, right? Like, it doesn't really matter. So that's like, fine. Aaron could have just had the last name Peters. The dad would probably also still be Peter. His name would be Peter Peters. Right. <laughs> Kate Catherine. <laughs> probably Ugh. had sick parents <laughs> oh i love that i love that pete peters would then make him like the archetypal father the most father he gets to survive the book <laughs> he does he does it's true what was the other one it was the boy in Altus glass who we were saying dominique should train uh robert it's like robert richards or something Oh, yeah, because he had a name like a superhero. He did. He did. Okay. All right. Well, this, this anyway, aside, <laughs> you said Ms. 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 Rahe, Ms. but you Rahe. pronounce it however your fucking heart says, man. Okay. So, well, just so you know, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. 16-year-old Erin Mizrahe just wants to be like everyone else in her new school. But Erin has more to worry about than passing AP chemistry or making friends. In times of stress, she has always been overcome by her alter ego, Siobhan, whose violent behavior wreaks havoc on those around her. Erin can never remember anything about these episodes, and she's grateful to have been spared them for a while. But when a protective friend comes back into Erin's life, he insists that Siobhan is a vampire who actually exists apart from Erin. 
Siobhan has dangerous allies like the handsome witch Achila, and they're determined to sever Siobhan's connection to Eren once and for all. In Amelia Atwater Rose's thrilling tale of love, loyalty, and illusion, the waking hours are only as safe as the dreams that come before them. Dun dun dun. Uh, okay. So, that's the blurb. That's what it's supposedly about. I mean, it's not technically wrong. It's just also technically wrong. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, if it's not technically wrong, it's like emotionally wrong. Yes. That's not what the story's about. That's what happens in it. (laughs) Yeah. And the whole like thrilling tale of love, loyalty, and illusion. No. No. And then the waking hours are only as safe as the dreams that come before them. That's a Jessica story. That is true. That does fit much better with Demon in my view. A lot of this book felt like a rehash of Demon in my view. I can definitely see that because it does feel like they did a little bit of a James Patterson, you know? Like, well, I did write The Lake House, but now I'm going to write Maximum Ride. We'll see where (laughs) it takes us. Yeah. Same same idea. What if someone else knew shit they sh- shouldn't? How would that have happened? I I can't do the same trick twice, so what will it be? I definitely went into this book thinking of that because we I think we discussed it in our intro episode, if not on Twitter or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that as much when I was reading it, mm-hmm. but it is definitely still there. Yeah. These characters who know things that they shouldn't because of a vague birth-related power connection to a vampire is very, it's a very specific thing. I hadn't even thought about the birth part. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it's because of the birth. Pregnant moms, man, they have it real rough. Yeah. Um, reading that blurb, and I'm glad I didn't read it till now. It's boring and I would not have been drawn to it. Yes. I understand why I didn't read this when it came out. <laughs> even a couple of years later when I had like access to getting books again. I understand why I was just like, meh, I'll pass. Yeah, I, we'll get into it. But somehow yeah. I both meh, but also like, but I shouldn't be meh because it's not that meh. But it's still it's meh. Not, it's not that meh. It just has a lot of meh. It, yeah, and then the overall impression that it leaves is just, Meh? Yeah. Where it it leaves you is very meh. Mm -hmm. So I guess we should now, at this point, of course, uh, (laughs) we can move on to talking about the plot. Yes. Oh, wait. Hold on. (sighs) Mm. No, no smell. Oh, oh, you were smelling. (laughs) Nothing. Got nothing. I wish I could say I left mine downstairs because I foolishly thought that uh, all I would need was my phone. And I'm not going to smell that, so we'll just have to not know. I mean, I assume that it has no smell. I don't know. It. No, I'm not going to go check. I'll report back later on okay. Twitter or something. That's important. Thank you. It is. It's a, an important piece of reporting uh, going on in the world today. You all need <laughs> to know. Our listeners deserve this report. Vital. You're like, real world stuff that's horrible. Yeah, but how does that book smell? We all know. It doesn't smell. All right, so. Okay, yes, right, the book. So, Persistence of Memory, it's the DID story. Yeah, Social Identity. About Erin, who thinks that she has a run-of-the-mill alter ego. And and schizophrenia. And schizophrenia. So, did they actually say DID in this book? Because I know they said it in Sassy's story. I think twice. Okay. 
They said it at least once, but you're right, I did end up also reading Sassy's story. Because I, I know they said it there. Yeah, because in that one, they also then said, let's just call it what it is, split personality. And I'm like, gonna fuck you, but you're my phone. <laughs> but I need um, this to live. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But it, at least once in this book, because I remember seeing the phrase twice. Okay. And it, it also says schizophrenia. So the good thing about having it on your phone is you can just search words. Yeah. She says disassociated at, mm, I was diagnosed when I was a kid. Add to that a disassociative identity disorder. Dissociative. Dissociative. And you get whatever she has. And then later on, they say schizophrenic, dissociative, and then dissociative. So they see, say DID okay. once, and then they just say that she dissociates later. Right. And dissociating is different. It can be part of DID, but it can also be part of lots of other stuff. Yeah, that's just a thing yeah. that can happen to you. Yeah, and there's also other ways of dissociative disorder not otherwise specified. So there's like there's other stuff that can give you these things, but it doesn't matter because magic. it's not real. Yeah. Um it was funny, I was looking up generally to sort of see like what people thought of this book and it shows up on of course lists of books, YA books about mental health. But in all of the lists that I looked at, it did not show up under DID. It specifically showed up under schizophrenia. So Yeah, and I, I don't know a whole lot about schizophrenia. I know what people thought schizophrenia was, mm-hmm. which is not what it is and is not what this is. So Right, so that was really my question. Is like I don't I don't remember seeing anything in the book that seemed like Anything I recognized as schizophrenia, but because, right. like I said, I'm not totally familiar with it, I I don't think I've been close friends with anyone who has a schizophrenia diagnosis. So if it's in there, I can't see it. I mean, maybe that's what the hallucinations are, or or what got labeled as it. I I guess I don't know. Erin has such a grab bag of symptoms because it's magic, right? And and she even says too, she's like, well, these are the diagnoses that worked for what I have. I know it's not an it's not a usual case, right? But because of that, it's impossible to map onto real people. Yeah, yeah. So it picks up with her more stable than she's ever been. She yeah. is going to fake name high school <laughs> and <laughs> egregiously fake name. I assume that this, again, was something held over from the 13-year-old draft because it's ridiculous. It's a Neffershen, which is like, you Google Neffer, you only get one yeah. anyway. But I will say, it does me a good service <laughs> for it not to be like, at Acton High School... <laughs> Because that way I don't have to be getting out my string board when she starts visiting Sassy in Boston. (laughs) So thank you for your egregiously named ridiculous (laughs) fake high school. They did you a solid. That was good. You still said too many times that I was able to follow and be like, "Mm." we'll get there because the times do get a little wild. Yeah. But at least... I have no idea where this book takes place. Right. 40 minutes outside Boston, nebulous, it's fine. Right, and you know what? Setting often matters in a book. It does not matter in this one. So the one thing I will say, I know, and I keep interrupting you. No, it's fine. Go ahead. One of the characters ever brings up a specific single Earth haven, number four. So, like, when we get to Poison Tree, I'm going to see which one that is. That will help me figure out where they are if it's the same one. 
That's a good thing. We should create our own string board because I do intend to read the inbox of Diana Smoke at some point. <laughs> oh, fun. So we'll we'll have to see if it shows up there as well. We'll have to check that one out after Poison Tree. Yeah. It, no, it's between uh, I'll Just Glass and Poison Tree. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So Erin is going to fake name high school. She's transitioning out of a kind of impressive... I didn't know that they existed school specifically for people with mental, like really seriously, like debilitating mental health issues. Yeah, I liked the way it was described. Yeah, it was very interesting. It made it sound like a private school. Like it sounded pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just like, it's for kids where public school hasn't been able to give them the education that they are owed in Massachusetts, basically. There's a lot of interesting talk about, uh, you know, Aaron makes a joke about how they're trying to send her to public school so they don't have to keep footing the bill for this expensive, like, private yeah. school. Every child in Massachusetts was legally entitled to a free and public education. And if the public school couldn't safely provide that for a student, it had to pay for the student's placement in an institution that could. Right? And I'm just sitting here like, oh, the, the social safety net of Massachusetts. Fascinating. Yeah. No, Massachusetts has a lot of rules. So yeah, so she is transitioning into a public high school. Sounds like she's been there for a bit. Yes, because she's long enough to make friends with Marissa and become relatively close. Yeah, she's like her tutor. Yeah, so she spends half of her day at the um, private high school, half of her day at the public one, where she is tutoring a girl named Marissa, who's trying to get her to join the fencing team. She is also... What what do they say? Like two years, um, incident free at the Aaron workplace. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and she feels pretty good, pretty stable. The adults feel more stable than she does. <laughs> that is true. They it's very interesting the way that Aaron is so quick to be like, lock me up, lock mm-hmm. me up. I'm da- I'm a danger to people. Put me yeah. in, back in the hospital. Somebody sedate me. Like. And meanwhile, the the adults are like, no, 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 take the pay. What could happen? (laughs) But that's all about to change because uh, over in France, uh, a woman named, not a woman, well, a woman, a vampire woman, you know, named Siobhan is attacked by vampire hunters. She's badly injured. Her uh, lover, the Triste, Triste, whatever. Which named Ajila has to do some magical hoobobs to fix her. And in doing so, he says that he binds her power, uh, which sort of leaves her psyche. And this is all stuff that comes out later, but this is what's happening. All of this fluff, magic, whatever reason. Oh my god, it is such Star Trek techno babble, honestly. <laughs> like, we gotta put the woozabits in the whatsabits so that we can go faster. Okay. All right, reverse the polarity. I, right? We gotta, we gotta reverse the polarity on Reverse the mental polarity so that we can switch them back. (laughs) So that her flux capacitor will resonate with (laughs) Aaron's. Anyway. So yeah, he, he has removed Siobhan's defenses, which has left her mentally exposed. And so she connects with- Because she's gotta fucking heal. Yeah, because he has to heal her. Um, she took which, like what shotgun to the chest or something. That it took a shockingly little. Oh no, they had Firestone. That was why he had to do it. Oh right, right, right. That is a uh, dear audience. Some magical, specific to this world stone that these Triste, which is a type of witch, 
witches can the immortal witches create with their magic yeah they're immortal witches not like the witches we've previously talked about no those are mortal witches these are immortal witches yeah i think this is the first time that we've heard about firestone actually in the books is it i think so because they don't talk about tree stays ever i feel like we'd heard of tree stays before this though in firestone We'd heard about tree stays in forests and like oh. casually from Aubrey probably, but I don't think they'd ever mentioned Firestone. All right. For a, thi- for a thing that like is very important and impressive, it's only used at the beginning here to be like, this is why Siobhan can't <laughs> right? know, heal on her own. And then we're not going to talk about it again. <laughs> it's just a plot device. Because I remember being like, oh, so this is. Not like the magic that's in a Vita blade. This is a different magic, but it essentially <laughs> does the same thing. Right? Oh, gosh. I forgot where it was like, oh, no, it's a Vita witch blade. Oh, no. Like, we just make it all Firestone, guys. I know, right? There's so many. It's it's so very RPG, right? Like, we've discussed this before, but just the amount of, like, no, no. It's this because it comes from this family, but the same thing that comes from a different family is different, and there are these kinds of witches and these kinds of witches and these <laughs> kinds of vampires and blah, blah, blah. And some of them are mortal and some of them are immortal. Right. I remember there was that for on the boards about shapeshifters. Some of those shapeshifters are potentially immortal. Some of them are not. And now we're finding out some are affected by the moon, some are not. Apparently some of them, their animals are completely different beings from their human, which is not something I ever got the impression of in the shapeshifter no. books. So, nope. okay. I think they're a different. They've got to be a different line. Ugh, I... Mm, this is overcomplicating it like i know that the lore and the world is is the big draw for this and i understand from a is it because i feel like this could much like the kiesha serve itself better to separate from the den of shadows i mean i i just think amy's books in general right like the big draw is the world but that's what I'm saying is, I feel like if any of these had just been like, I'm going to write another interesting fantasy story and not set it in this world, but maybe be inspired by some fantasy stuff. Oh, I don't know. I think part of the, mo- for me, the most interesting thing about Amy's books in general is that every single one of them, aside from the Mancer series, takes place in the same world. Like that's, that's something that is, I think, relatively uncommon for an, an author's entire bibliography. Yeah, no, no, I would agree. Definitely, that is that is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Just individual things, it would have been beneficial to not be trapped. Like, Kieshara was trapped by who all of these shapeshifters become years and, you know, generations later. I feel like this story could have been just about, like, two vampires or four vampires, whatever, somehow connected to this girl. And, like, they're shapeshifters, too. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you would separate it, but I do feel like it had a, a similar sense of trapped I, mm, to me. Hmm. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're getting there. So Aaron has a full-blown, like, teleports into Siobhan's body moment. She right, wakes the up. The real Siobhan, not the altar that yes. she thinks she has Siobhan. Which apparently is a distinction that has to be fucking made. Also a complication that was not necessary. So she wakes up in Siobhan's body. She doesn't know where she is. She thinks she's just having like a run of the mill. I blacked out and now I'm somewhere that I don't remember going to. Yeah. But then, you know, Siobhan's family is like, no, 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 you're actually a different person. And Ajila shows her like, nope, your body looks different in the mirror. 
Aaron freaks out and Ajila sort of talks her, intimidates her into not being as much of a problem and she passes out and wakes up back in her own body. Yeah, and she's like, oh, it was just a dream. Yeah, so she's left with the impression that it was a dream, but a like a pretty bad relapse, right? Yeah. The only thing I, I think that's important on why she passed out and got into Siobhan's body was, yes, Siobhan had been attacked by hunters, Ajila had suppressed her power. Erin had a bad panic attack because she thought she was hallucinating and mm-hmm. saw like her friend turn into some animal. Is that what triggered the connection with the panic Siobhan? attack? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if that came before or after the the part with Ajila. Yeah, because she wakes up and Marissa's there to be like, I need to explain. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. She goes after Marissa after fencing class, I think, because Marissa's upset. And she sees Marissa transforming into a tiger, which is a legit thing because Marissa's a shapeshifter. Yeah. But Aaron's like, ah, that's a big fucking hallucination right there. (laughs) Right. She's like, oh no. Dad, come get me. (laughs) It's back. And like, yeah, she panic calls her father. Like, I I do respect, again, how much Aaron respects her own mental health issues, even when nobody else in the book Mm -hmm. does not, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, she wakes up. Like you said, Marissa's there. Marissa tries to tell her that, no, 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 what you saw was real, but Aaron does not let her. Literally, she's like, I gotta tell you. She's like, no, I gotta tell you. I got mental health problems. Oh, okay. (laughs) And as Sassy points out later, what Marissa does is hardcore shitty. Yeah, she just lets it it go. So, I don't know. Does anything significant happen with the therapist? So, while she's passed out the stuff with Siobhan, for Siobhan, when she gets back in her body... Ajila says, you know, this is what happened. This is this girl. Okay, let's go to, let's go to, you know, Massachusetts and find her. Um, they get there, but just by chance, Siobhan runs into the only fucking friend that Erin's like ever made, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he's a shapeshifter. So she's like, nom, nom, nom. I'm going to have a little, a little lunch, but I don't kill people unless I'm in a mood. So sassy is his name emails Erin and she gets it before school, which is Mm -hmm. before the therapist. So the important thing that happens at the therapist is we learn that Sassy has contacted her and is like, hey, I haven't reached out to you in a long time. We should hang out. Just thinking of you. And the therapist is like, why do you think it's a bad plan to reach out? And Erin's like, "Mm, you're right. I'll reach out. Yeah, I I totally forgot that uh, half of this book is from somebody else's perspective. Oh, God. I feel like it's from four or five different perspectives. It is. I think they go that Siobhan, Aaron, Ajila, and I think Sassy gets some. He gets a couple, yeah. It's weird to me because it's like when we suddenly had a Dominique chapter at the end of All Just Glass. Yeah. I, there is still some pretty egregious incidents of, like, why is this scene from this person's perspective? Right? Why is Siobhan being a television? Ugh, I know. We'll get there. But, like, I appreciate that if we feel like we have to shift perspectives to tell the story, we just do it. I would much rather that be yeah. the case instead of Malachiing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's only frustrating in the sense that it seems like it was only going to be from Aaron and Siobhan's perspective. Yeah, it takes a while for us to get um, an Ajila or sassy chapter. Yeah, so that that is just always weird to me. Like, I would rather us bounce back and forth. And it's okay. Like, 
it's not Aaron Siobhan, Aaron Siobhan. It's like Siobhan, Aaron, 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 Siobhan. Mm-hmm. Aaron, 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 and Sheila. Yeah, that's that's the really the problem. It's like, why are we now bouncing into these dudes' perspectives? <laughs> so she meets Sassy. He meets her at school. Yeah, Marissa is aggressively trying to get her to agree to meet Sassy because she just calls him. Yeah, and Marissa, oh my god, I hate when these scenes happen. When it's like, you will tell him to come here. Your girlfriends have to meet a boy. And I'm like, oh, you had personality. And now it's fitting whatever the plot needs of you. So yeah, Marissa uh, bullies Aaron into agreeing to meet Sassy. They go out for the night. Aaron noticed that uh, Marissa and Sassy don't seem to like each other. Yeah, for some weird reason, they like do a weird sniff and then all of a sudden they're not friends. <laughs> and they're like, hiss, hiss. <laughs> and Marissa's like, look, okay, I work with Single Earth. Sassy's like, get the fuck out. Come on, let's go to dinner. And Aaron's just like, I have no idea what's going on, but okay. <laughs> My two friends don't like each other and they just met. So they go to dinner, they reconnect. On the way back out, they are approached by Ajila, who finds them in Boston. Which is weird to me that Sassy came 40 minutes to get Erin and then didn't, like, take her to a local Greek restaurant. Oh, I mean, maybe he did. I just sort of said Boston because I assumed that was where they were. No, I'm pretty sure they went to Boston. I know that they end up back in his house at Boston, but she's unconscious for most of that. So who knows how they got there? Yeah. But yes, he does show up. Yep. Ajila's approach to this, because obviously Siobhan's thing is like, well, I'm going to murder her. Like, (laughs) easiest way to solve the problem, let's kill her. And he's like, that could be a problem. Let's not just do that. Yeah, Ajila's like, well, if you murder her, it could hurt you, so let's not. Ajila, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but Ajila is Siobhan's long-term partner. Like 500 years, half a thousand? Yeah, half a (laughs) thousand years. (laughs) The most natural way to say 500 years. (laughs) But the the point is that she and Ajila and their two wards. Waifs. Waifs. They adopted a Lemiz and an (laughs) Irish girl. Lemiz and an Irish girl. They, like, tried to be Lestat and Louis, but it's not gay enough. Like, there's no reason that Siobhan and Ajila can't both be women. Yes, big Lestat and Louis and Claudia vibes. Like, I can't imagine that they were not trying to invoke that, uh, especially because their child, Brittany, is 14 forever. and She's got, like, big blonde curls. Like, yeah, we know what you're talking about, or at least what it feels (laughs) like you're talking about. But make it straight. Okay. Oh, and Brittany, and I think her name's Ayana. Mm-hmm. very much just sisters holding hands like sisters i'm like yeah you're screaming no homo here like, <laughs> gals being pals sisters which like for I, hundreds of years right and like i get that you're trying to establish the four of them as like a nuclear family but vampire but it's just it's uh the no homo it, it it's, just uh, and it's gay. this is after wolf cry where mm-hmm Right, like, was gay. He already broke the seal. We had, yeah, we had a main character who was who was gay. Not even bi, like specifically a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And Fala had been, I think, bisexual in book two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why is this family not a polycule? I assume it's because the point is to get us to sympathize with Siobhan as much as we can, right? Because like Siobhan's 
not even necessarily like, I want to kill Aaron to protect myself. She's like, I want to kill Aaron because she has access to my body and she could hurt my family. Yeah. And Ajila's like, she probably also has access to your memories. Okay, that could be a problem too. She could she could do a Jessica to you, yeah. you know? So I assume the point there is to make her defense of her nuclear family sympathetic, where if you are a white, red, straight person reading this in 2008 or whenever you probably it don't came even out, notice. The idea that you could sympathize with a, a polycule family versus a mother and a father and their two daughters. You know, the instincts are probably not there. I guess, but, like, this is for teenagers. They're way more into, oh, they're all hot and they fuck. Except that, like, one of them is 14 forever. That is creepy. We can we not do that. Like, <laughs> I would have made different choices, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. She wouldn't have been 14 forever. They would have been a polycule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, so the, the point is that Siobhan is here coming out swinging to protect her family and herself, whereas Ajila is here to keep Siobhan from fucking herself over. Yeah. He really feels more like the girls are important because Siobhan says they're important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> Siobhan just came home with these two girls one day. I and- adopted babies. <laughs> Those are vampires. My babies. Ajila's <laughs> like, oh, I guess we have children now. Okay, <laughs> honey, whatever you say. <laughs> Uh, Ajila is trying to kind of logic out what the deal is with Aaron before Siobhan kills her. So that's why he approaches them by himself. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to find out what your deal is by kissing you, underage girl. I hated it. I remember messaging you being like, really? Really? Yep. Well, you got to get the, the sexy sexy in there somehow, right? Well, I mean, even in the freaking back of the, the book, right? It's like... The handsome witch Ajila. Like, he's, is he, are you trying to pit him as a potential love interest? Cause. Right? But it, it's <sighs> very much not. The relationships yeah. are very separate. Yep. I, like, but I was very mad that he did just go up and kiss this girl. Like, I did not. There's a lot of non con kissing that happens. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Because as we know from, you know, Kieshira. Mm hmm. Only fucking you need to get consent. Everything else is fine. <laughs> right? Spooning. Touching, etc. Totally fine. Telling people they need to eat meat. <laughs> I love that. That'll it's come like, back. That'll come back. Still mad. Don't worry about it. I'm still mad about it, and I'm going to talk about it later. <laughs> okay. So uh, he comes up and he kisses her because he's trying to trigger Siobhan by introducing Aaron's mouth to his tongue, something only <laughs> Siobhan has seen. And it works. But it works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> But the Siobhan that he summons is different and distinct from Siobhan herself, because when they reconvene later, Siobhan does not remember warping into Aaron's body, so... Right, she isn't, like, out hunting, and then suddenly she's like, hello? Right, and even while Aaron was possessing her, Siobhan, it's not like they swapped bodies, like, Siobhan was just gone. So I think he takes them with him at this time, right? Ajila. <sighs> he was supposed to, but Sassy's like, she's missed her meds. Quick, she's gonna need that. And That's he's right. tricked them. And so she like stumbles and, and Ajila's like, I see what you did there. And that's how Aaron ends up back at Sassy's. Something we only hear about in retrospect, because Aaron passes out and we don't see the rest of the scene. So she wakes up and Sassy's like, oh, 
here's what I did to get us out of that very tight situation. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Where it could have just all, you know, since we're switching who's the point of view character so often. Yeah. So he tells her that they, he managed to escape and he tries to tell her that everything is real. Uh, Aaron doesn't believe him, tells him to take her to her father because she's yeah. been out all she, night. She like, calls dad and is like, give him directions because this is the year 2000. And we don't have GPS. Yeah. <laughs> she tries to get him to take her back to her father. Instead, he takes her to the school to meet Marissa. Together, they sort of try to tell her that it's real again. They talk about single earth again. Yeah. Oh, I did want to mention here while we're here, since I don't want to come back to it. Sure. I really thought he brought her to the high school to be like, bring us to the tree. The tree? The tree that she she clawed up. Oh. There was real physical proof that Marissa had turned into a tiger because she dug her claws down the tree. And that's when Aaron freaked out and was like, this is extremely not happening. So if she could have just been like, Aaron, come here. This feel this with your hands, blah blah blah. Like I know you see things, but do you feel things weird? Like I thought they were gonna try to convince her by showing her. I assumed that he took her out there so that he could just transform and show her that. But we knew that she wouldn't understand physical stuff because she sees things. I guess, but if he walked up to her and started like I don't know, licking her hand or something, like <laughs> right? Because we know Marissa can turn at will. Right, so I assumed that he was just going to try to do that, but... Yeah, either way, both of us were like, oh, you're here to, like, prove yeah. that the things are, are real? You're like, by transforming, and I'm like, by showing what you did when you transformed? <laughs> no, no, neither of these things No, we could have a conversation. Yeah, for a shapeshifter book, there's very few, very little sh- shapeshifting. Yeah, and <sighs> this is the scene where Aaron leaves... I think her dad comes and picks her up, is that what happens? Yes. Yeah, she says... Dad, I gotta go to the hospital. And he says, right. okay. So Aaron leaves, and then it warps to Siobhan's point of view. Who had been following them? So that she can just stand on a rooftop yeah. and be the camera for Sassy and uh, Marissa's conversation, where they, they talk about why Sassy doesn't like single Earth. Which I thought was, was a good, like, reasoning, but, like, we didn't need it from Siobhan's perspective. Right. It was an interesting scene because they talk about how Sassy fell through Single Earth's system. Yeah, as we find out later, like, on purpose. <laughs> yes, but it's it's definitely an interesting, like, allusion to bad mental health systems, right? Yeah, well, so one of the things I noticed when the, like, Marissa was like, oh my god, how could you have fallen through for so long? That's, wow, like, she was surprised by it. And I'm thinking, this is actually very normal. Mm-hmm these kids and so therefore i feel like this author expect most people to get the help they need when they need it and that is not the case see i i thought the point was that this was normal that sassy was saying oh you child who grew up in single earth don't realize that people fall through your system all the time like it was it, but it was so specifically just what had happened to sassy mhm You know, he wasn't like, yeah, and I've talked to other people and this happens to them too. And like, we find out that, you know, Erin specifically had marks on hers to not be flagged for single earth Mm -hmm. because of plot reasons. So like, basically we saw two kids who went into the system as far as the human system went Mm -hmm. and got a lot of help. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not normal. And so for Single Earth to be called out, that was nice. But I, I do wish there wasn't this sense of like, what? But Single Earth is infallible. I wish that it had been, you know, what? Single Earth is infallible. And for him to be like, yeah, and I'm not the only one. Right. Because instead it just felt very specifically about him. And and then the book goes back at the end and tells you that it was all on purpose. So Yeah, exactly. So it's like, no, no, no. Single Earth is still infallible unless someone is specifically trying to hide a human. Or not human. That was less than good. Because I, like I said, I do like the conversation he has with her. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. It was really nice to see someone say that. But to then have that all taken like from him basically mm-hmm. it's like nope it could have just been that sometimes people fall through the cracks because systems are fallible everyone is human or not human or whatever we are yeah i i feel like there are definitely places where this book addresses or brushes up against stuff that like it's trying to talk about stuff a little bit and it definitely talks about mental health health stuff more than a lot of books at the time were so like that's good Right, and specifically for Aaron as somebody who, and and Sassy, being in hospitals, in special schools, taking medications, like, they go into the weeds uh, sometimes in some of that stuff. Yeah, I, like, I guess since we're kind of here on that, I do wish that the book had done, and therefore through the author, done a better job of not kind of being shitty about how they feel about it. Yes. Because there's a lot of, like, using the word shrink and crazy. And, like, the book even fucking lampshades. Oh, but I'm not supposed to use the word crazy. Like, or you could just choose to not use the word crazy. And instead it just, like, keeps using it. So it, it it's like, I know you know what mental health stuff is. Mm-hmm. I know you appreciate the full system. You thank your fucking therapist in the, in the, the thank you section. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have just done better. You didn't have to, like, play to... I don't know, the kids who don't know it, because, like, this book could have been something that you'd be like, hey, yeah, no, she's she goes to therapy, oh, but she's a, you know, she's magic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because there's very good scenes with the therapist. Yes. I, I was really appreciative of that. But to have the two teenagers treat it the way they treat it sometimes, mm-hmm. particularly sassy, and for Erin to still be like, I'm crazy, I'm psycho, it's like, ah, you're you're knocking at the building that you did by having her respect her mental health it's weird and like i don't know i don't know how it how to how to have not had it be that way i definitely agree because that is that is kind of a big thing that i came away from this book with like you said there are so many places where they do treat it respectfully and then you get to ajila talking about how he needs to have Aaron off of all of her meds. Otherwise, he can't do magic to her. Yeah. In, in this way that implies that, oh, you're being doped up from, like, your true self and your true abilities. Like, one of the things that I was sort of keeping an eye out for was, like, is this book going to take the approach of, like, medicine is bad? Like, medicine is is keeping you from your full potential? Like, because a lot of a lot of books like this mm-hmm. will take that tack. And like full on through to the end where it's like suddenly she didn't need her meds. I'm like, mm. Right. And then there's some talk in the beginning. Like like you said, there are parts where Aaron is very flippant that read like 
not the same person who is so careful with her own mental health, right? Because like, yeah, Erin will talk about, and it's in the um the little blurb that was on the website back in the day. Like, oh, Erin takes a rainbow of pills every day to keep herself level, and it's all very like the kind of way that an anti meds person would talk. Yeah, which again is so weird because like having been friends with the author previously, I know that is not what the author feels. So like, why put it in here? It feels like something that was there like to be like edgy or a little fellow children yeah or to like maybe a remnant from earlier drafts where the author was very flippant about it was trying to be like cool you know like isn't that so 2003 you know kids these days <laughs> i don't know right right because the there was that sample on the site that you'd found that mm-hmm. referenced the year 2003 so it's like well we knew that you were making this in sophomore year of high school is when it started so mm-hmm. like you're very young yeah and you can feel pieces where that feels true and it feels at odds with the book that got published in 2008 or whenever yeah. right yeah yeah which is kind of my big takeaway from this book. I'm just going to like skip to the fucking like in conclusion for me is that this book feels like a more mature version of Demon in my view. Yeah. Where there's a lot more nuance to the characters and they're not all shitty edgelords. Yeah. Right. Because Erin's a relatable nice kid. Erin's compassionate. That's like her prime character trait. And you have Siobhan, who I feel like I owe an apology (laughs) to a little bit. (laughs) Because I did spend the last, like, ten years. Decade, yeah. Yeah, thinking that Siobhan was just, you know, Jessica Redux. But she is more nuanced than any of the thigh-high boot ladies that we've had previously, right? Yeah, she's not Jessica. No. She's not Fala. Yeah, she actually has more personality than I was expecting. Yeah, same. And she, the whole arc that she gets is like, I am reconnecting with like my guilt for all the murders I done. Yeah, there was a lot with Siobhan for me that like, still leaned heavily into the what feel like Den of Shadows tropes. Yes. But when she wasn't being a tropey Den of Shadows character, she had interesting stuff like when she wasn't trying to be oh what's her name kendra's line mm-hmm. artist bullshit murder <laughs> murder artist murder artist like she was otherwise pretty interesting again uh maybe a <laughs> that that issue of the old draft and the the new draft yeah or <laughs> and having lines where it's just like mm, but i love that line i'm gonna keep it it's like no it's so old there was one line that i absolutely hated where Ajila is talking about Siobhan's moods and he's like oh when Siobhan's angry her anger can bring down empires or raise villages and I'm like why why does she have to bring down empires why can she not just she's 500 years old we would have records of this why do all of these vampires in this world have to be empire killers? Why can't they just murder people every now and then, you know? Well, so, like, with Lestat and Louis, right? Like, mm-hmm. they would go on 
murder sprees, but it was like, we would cut a spree of murders through France. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Not destroying an empire. And and I need to see when we get to Mavra if my memory is correct on which empire it is that Siobhan helps take down. Cough, cough. <laughs> but like, yeah, you're too young to have taken down empires. Well, and it doesn't have to be every single vampire that we run into, right? Like, they can't yeah. all be Nero. I'm sorry, <laughs> you've done it already. I feel like you've done it multiple times. Can we just have a normal vampire who's a regular old serial killer, you know? Right, who just likes to bite a bunch of necks and kill people. Can't right. that just happen? Can't we just do that? And they otherwise felt like they could have been very classic vampires. And they do. That's the thing, because we get these lines that are very, like, classic try-hard den stuff. And then we get more nuanced stuff that, I don't know, you know, I'm making assumptions that may have been there in the 2005 draft or whatever, but that feel more adult in the the sense that it's not necessarily something a teenager would write. Yeah, they feel like this is what the author has grown into after nine published books and countless other unpublished ones. Well, and especially if we're thinking about like the same sort of development that we saw in All Just Glass versus Shattered Mirror, right? Yeah. You see the characters get a little more nuanced and a little less hot topic. (laughs) They start thrifting because they realize that they can't spend all their money at Spencer's. Like, you know what? I can put down the platform boots and I can just wear a sensible pair of tennis shoes and it's fine. Yeah, they're better for running and hunting vampires. <laughs> right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like, we've moved on from the aesthetic edginess and into some, like, practical character development. This is what it happens when you're 40, Dominique. <laughs> you start wearing sensible hunting shoes. Yes. So yeah, so there was a lot of of this that I liked in that respect of where it felt like this is a better version of good for what it was when I was 12 or whatever, but like the not exactly super deep shit that was going on back in Demon, so. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron calls her dad to come rescue her from the parking lot. He does. He takes her to the hospital. Marissa tells Sassy that she has alerted Single Earth to Aaron's presence and her deal. So they're going to try to get Single Earth doctors to help her. And then her and Sassy have that conversation that Siobhan holds the camera for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Sassy mm -hmm. tries to tell her that that's a bad idea and why it's a bad idea. Because in his opinion, Aaron just wants to be a normal girl and Single Earth will force her to be something else. Yeah. Again, that was a really interesting conversation. Right, because, like, we've only seen Single Earth from, like, Karen and Sarah's point of view and Aubrey's to an extent, but, like, you know, here's somebody who actually had a legitimate bad experience with them and is not just mad that they don't want them to murder all the time. Like, (laughs) it's definitely interesting and it's a, a facet of a, like, a bureaucracy and organization, you know, that feels real. Yeah. People can ever be like, I didn't have a good experience here. Right. So she gets to the hospital. Right? Yeah, she gets to the hospital. Um, She talks to her therapist. Ajila follows her because he has sort of figured out what he thinks might have happened with Aaron. He feels like there was triste magic in her. Oh, they go visit Pandora, I think, before this. Oh, yeah, we since we're in Siobhan's perspective while she's holding the camera, we also then go to Pandora. Um, 
But before we go back to that one, single Earth people do come visit Erin briefly and give her, like, some information. Yeah, and they try to tell her that her condition is something that they know about and not what she thinks that she's had for, like, ten years. They call it psychorizia, and I've looked that up. It's made up. There's nothing. That makes sense, because it seems like a smokescreen. The unfortunate bit is I can't even find out what it might be trying to mean. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to figure out the etymology of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just nothing. I can't find shit. (laughs) The only thing that comes up is persistence of memory. (laughs) Don't you love it when those those words just bring up this book and you're like, oh, they don't exist. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I wanted to have at least, like, because it's psychorizia. So, like, does chorizia, does rizia, does orizia mean anything? No. Absolute made-up bullshit. Which is interesting, because apparently it's legit enough for the single-earth doctors to make headway with her actual real-life therapist. Yeah. So, like, it has to mean something. There has to be documentation somewhere about what it might be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a fake word that doesn't exist. Yep. I wanted it to mean something Mm -hmm. interesting in in Latin, Mm -hmm. you know, and be like, oh, that's cool. You've got an in-world meaning for... We think you're part magic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No. But yeah, in the meantime, I think before this, actually, they go see... It was. It was right before this. Ajila and Siobhan go to meet Pandora. Pandora is Ajila's teacher. We also know Pandora because she was Alexander's teacher. Alexander, the worst witch. Alexander Weeder, who is Rasika's brother, who she thought had been dead until she saw him in the, like, last... (laughs) fucking page of forests he gets to show up and be the worst he's so awful i appreciated he's so snivelly i desperately appreciated how much everybody else hates alexander like like pandora why did you take this student he is a wet blanket he is and pandora treats him like a wet blanket and so does Siobhan and showed it so does Ajila. Ajila, yeah. They're like, oh, this loser moved back in. Like, where was he? (laughs) This guy's like 300 years old. Why is he still living with you, Pandora? And Pandora's just like, he's got some family issues (laughs) that have recently come up. So, like, we know that this has to have taken place shortly after the fight that Rasika won against Aubrey. Which is so funny because it's been 16 years, 17 years since that book came out. 19, actually, if this is 2008. No, that 1999. Oh, 2008. I'm thinking 2018. 18. Yeah, no. It's been a very long time in our world and, like, no time has passed in theirs. Right, which is wild because, like, I would the, I would never assume this happened concurrently within the forest of the night. Yeah, I would. I wish it had been like he came home a couple of years ago because of family stuff. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, this fucking loser. <laughs> and I was like, yes, go off, Ajila. We all hate him. He cries in his letters to his dead sister, who he's been ignoring for three hundred years. Yeah. What a nerd. And then he's like, she's a vampire, the worst thing that you could ever be. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My brother is bringing his vampire girlfriend over. Gotta get my disapproving oh, frown no. out. God, the worst. Ugh. So Pandora and Alexander <sighs> mm-hmm. feel so unnecessary because they only show up twice. But I do appreciate that they show up 
to give us a sense of the wider world. And, like, Pandora is kind of awesome. Pandora? Pandora? Okay. Okay, 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 okay. What you got? Yes. I do remember liking the fact that this talks about the tree stays in more depth than I think anywhere else. Yeah, without actually giving us real information on that. Right. But you you meet Pandora, who... There are three tree stays in this book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And potentially two more. Yeah. But yeah, you meet Pandora, who we've heard about since Forest. We meet Alexander again, who we've also heard about since Forest. Mm-hmm. We meet Ajila. Ajila talks about what he's done and what he can do and what Pandora does. And we get a little more insight. To it. So like all of that from yep. a world building perspective. Firestone is what started this whole fucking problem. Yes. It's cool from a world building perspective. Alexander and Pandora are a complication that is absolutely unnecessary. Correct. And that's why I wish they weren't here. Same. Like, they just, it could have just been, even the solution, like, even what happened as far as the solution of why Erin is the way she is, Mm -hmm. didn't need that because it was only this fucking Bonnie and Clyde couple's problem. Yeah, no, and the part that they play in what happened is part of what makes this ending a huge clusterfuck. Pandora and Alexander? Yes. Yeah, I agree. They feel like they're put in because you have to explain why Erin and Sassy slipped through the cracks. Instead of just saying, they slipped through the cracks. It's a flawed system. We can't be everywhere. Yeah, I'm honestly still trying to wrap my head around what they accomplish. Like, that, they do that. They say, oh no, there's actually a second twist. And the twist is that, yeah, that thing happened intentionally. But like, do they do anything else? Is there any other purpose they serve? No. I mean, we'll get there, but no, none. Then why? I I mean, I guess if you want to, like you said, loop in the wider world, maybe, but it, it makes this book worse. They actively make this book worse, even though- Yeah, they drag in the Den of Shadows. <laughs> they do, and they feel like it, because like, okay, Pandora has the best line in the book, obviously, but- she is also Jessica again, right? Jessica, no, you know? No, she's Dominique. She's, yeah, she's Dominique. She's matron of her line. Yeah. No, I like her for what she does when she's on the page. Mm-hmm. But I do not want her here. No. But they go visit her. Part of it's like some vampire of the masquerade gotta go tell the <laughs> fucking prince of the city that you're here. Bullshit. Yeah. And part of it is Ajila being like, hey... Did you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I bet it was you or this other one. Right. All right, I think it's you. <laughs> and uh, Pandora's like, nah, not me, dog. But there's that weird line about like, oh, Alexander <laughs> is upset about an experiment that I did. He didn't like the way that it went. And that's the only foreshadowing you're going to get. Lord, for- I didn't even fucking pick that up. Yep. That's all that's the only foreshadowing we get for the twist that doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is weird because before that, uh, Siobhan says, oh, this this resembles one of her experiments. Mm-hmm. She doesn't hesitate to put her students down. And Ajila's like, normally I'd agree, but her experiments are usually more controlled than this. So it's like, this could be her. Yeah, but it really doesn't fit her MO. Okay. Right, right. But foreshadowing that maybe it was her, and I'm like, you already told me it wasn't. Yeah. Like, I thought having read the Kiesha, where the Falcons said this is how it went, 
and everyone else was like, oh, okay, that's how it went. I thought I was just supposed to take you at face value. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of parts here where they will spitball things, and you're like, is, is that this it? it? Is that what it's going to be? Because you feel like you need some base for what it turns out to be, but the reveal comes without any base at all. So it yeah. doesn't work. And it, it ends up being this kind of thought of, for me, where I was reading it, I'm like, when you list the things it could be, are those the plots you tried that didn't work? Because that's what it feels like. It feels like, well, I thought it was this, but turns out there was a reason it couldn't be that. So I'll throw that in as something that they say it could be. It, yeah, it's a, it was an IM conversation. Like, well, should it be this? Should it be? <laughs> well, no, it can't be that because that. Okay, well, okay. what if it were this? Mm, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, you know what? I tried and we got through it, but I just couldn't make it happen. Okay. Yeah, I do think that a lot of the weird loops, the hoops that this jumps through in the end, feel like they're tied up in things that the author feels like they've established. Right, but it's world. not. These are tree stay. We don't know fuck all about them. Right. And it's like, I feel like you're making this harder on yourself than you have to. Because <laughs> you're trying to keep it within your canon that we don't fucking know. That we don't know. So you can just say whatever. You could change it. This is your first one where you establish what they can do. Yeah. Just change it. Just change it. Please just change it. Stop adding characters to this. I don't want any more. Right? It could have been so simple. It should have been. Anyway, they visit Pandora. Pandora, did you do this? No, I didn't. Okay, we'll see you later. Fuck you. Don't like you. Bye. <laughs> Ajila decides that he is going to visit Aaron in the hospital and take her back to his house for experimentation because Siobhan is getting more and more erratic and yeah. he's afraid that she will do something that will hurt all of them. And he and Siobhan are both discovering this tenderness for Sassy and Aaron that they can't yeah. really explain. As if, like, she's picking up having an Aaron. Yes. And even Ajila, who shouldn't, is like, oh, I don't want to hurt this kid, so... <laughs> right? <laughs> which which leads it back to my theory that she just brought home these two vampire girls who were orphans, and he was like, all right, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to hurt this human girl? Well, all right. Whatever makes you happy. But that's the thing. Siobhan does want to hurt her. And Ajila is the one who's like, but I don't want to hurt her. And I'm yeah. like, Ajila, why not? Why not? She's just a human kid. But he, he finds himself being like, I don't want to hurt her if I don't have to. So defanged, my friend. <laughs> I I look forward to it. So Ajila abducts Aaron from the hospital. He sort of bullies Sassy into helping. So Sassy does, because Sassy realizes that they are uh, two neonates looking at a group of elders being like, well, I can't do shit. Right? They're like, the GM has sent me a much too powerful problem, and I could attempt to fight this boss, but I don't think I'm supposed to. Right. He's like, no, I'll, I'll die. Like, I have supernatural powers, but I can't fuck with this. So yeah. I'm just going to go with the flow. <laughs> and the flow says to get in the basement. Yep. So they go back to the house that Ajila et al. have requisitioned uh, murderously, it seems. Yes, as we are told. Siobhan comes back and uh, explodes. 
She, like, touches Eren and flips shit. Yep, they have a singularity, their minds meld, and Siobhan panics and almost kills Eren and runs away. Like, throws her into the wall, and we later get the description where, like, your skull was crushed, your spine was crushed, clavicle, broken ribs, lungs were punctured, like, you should be fucking dead. Yeah. And this is where the fucking timekeeping gets awful. So, Siobhan fucks off. I think there are scenes from Sassy and Ajila's point of view. Yes. They're like, oh, it's been 18 hours since we last saw Siobhan. Then it was 36 hours. Within this, I felt like within the same chapter. Okay, look, but earlier, Marissa had apologized for something that had happened yesterday, but it was something that had happened like three hours ago. Yes, and there's the Ajila somehow being both blonde and coffee hair colored. Like, mm. there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, people need to just have me (laughs) look at their books and go, is that the way it's supposed to be? Like, I feel like continuity editors are not really a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter. Like, I know it doesn't matter. I know all of our frustrations about this and mine in particular. Nobody cares. No, but I I do think in this case, particularly, like, the weird sense of timekeeping makes the ending feel like more of a clusterfuck because it all happens immediately, but over the course of two days. Well, okay, so I'll pull out my string board. Okay. Uh, Squeak, 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 squeak. That's the sound of your board rolling out of the closet. Here's my board rolling on out. All right. Aaron is taken from the hospital to Ajila and Siobhan's place. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's just call it Thursday evening. I don't know if it is. We are not given that time. Sure. Thursday evening. She gets crushed into the wall. Siobhan (laughs) fucks off. It's not until 24 hours later, we are told by Ajila, Mm -hmm. that he finally manages to fully heal Eren. So it takes him 24 unnecessary hours, which is weird to me because he can do so much, but whatever. So now it's Friday evening. She doesn't wake up until the morning. So now it's Saturday morning where Sassy relays to her everything that happened. Yes, he didn't, you know, he wasn't even able to heal you until 24 hours later, you know, dusk the next next night, I think it's it's put. Yes. Okay, so now it's Saturday morning. And before sunset on that night, so Saturday night. So we went from Thursday to Friday, to Saturday night. So it's been 48 hours since Siobhan fucked off. Mm. So she had stormed out after seeing Aaron nearly 36 hours earlier. It had taken Ajila until twilight to heal Aaron, and now it was almost time for another sunset. So it looks like they came in in like the morning-ish. Ajila took all day to heal Aaron, and then didn't start looking for her. But they didn't go in the morning. That's the problem. Hmm. It was evening because Aaron, right, rolling back even farther, Aaron wakes up the morning of Thursday at, at Sassy's place, mm-hmm. goes to the hospital. It's Thursday evening before sunset that Ajila takes her away and she gets crushed. So there's like some weird nebulous thing where because because you've mentioned sunrises and sunsets, and now you've mentioned time, like actual hours, mm-hmm. it's not matching up. So like, yes, the time is said to be 36 hours, mm-hmm. but the sunrises and sunsets that happened are too many. <laughs> and it's almost evening, and this is why this is important. And Sassy has said, 
you have to, you know, basically you have two problems. We haven't eaten in over 24 hours and it's almost nighttime. Mm-hmm. And Ajila's like, oh shit, it's the full moon. You're going to turn into a, you know, a hyena. So we know that it is almost evening rather than to say it's it's morning. Well, that's that that was one of the things that threw me off guard was they say Aaron had or they said Siobhan had stormed out 36 hours earlier. And then a few pages later, they say Aaron and Sassy had been locked in 24 hours. the closet for 24 hours. And it's like, what? Which is it? Here's the thing. Even if you fucking stringboarded it out and all of the times added up, it wouldn't matter. because Right, and it doesn't. Like I said, all of the stringboarding doesn't matter. It, but it doesn't feel like it's been 36 or 24 hours. No. I was surprised when they said 36 hours, and that's when I went back and looked at it. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like, oh, okay, well, he's a tree stay, and we've been told that he can heal quickly. Mm-hmm. So I expected it took him a couple hours to heal Aaron, and then right. get in the fucking basement. Yeah. <laughs> and then they couldn't find Siobhan until later, and he's like, hey, it's been 24 hours since you put me in this basement after you finished healing Aaron. So, like, maybe it's been 27 hours? There's no way she's been gone for 36. It's just so jarring that over the course of a few paragraphs, you go from thinking, oh, you've been out for a couple hours to, oh, it's like two days later. It's like, what? It's like, why give me these specific times? Why not just say too much time had passed with her being missing? I assume it's because they need to demed Aaron, right? I guess. Like that's the only thing it could be. Because, like I, like I was saying earlier, Ajila makes a big harumph, like, more than once about, oh, Aaron's got too many meds in her system. I'll need her to have that out of her system before I can perform Sure, but I magic. guess, like, there's a lot of medications that people take very regularly, right? Where it's like you take this three times a day or something. There are some meds that people take once a day. Mm-hmm. But that shit's not going to be fully out of your system. No, but I, I imagine if you say 36 hours to somebody who doesn't know anything about medications, that feels like a long enough amount of time, right? Yeah, I guess. That, that if that is the case, I wish it hadn't just been the two. <laughs> First off, being told 24 hours. And second off, like, I wish that had been the thing of him being like, we need, you need to get off your meds, blah, blah, blah. And doing something, anything, learning anything, like, instead of it being all shoved at the end, like the big reveal of yeah. how this happened, it takes until Siobhan is back. Like, what did her and Sassy do? These two characters, where they're friends, and they both at least mutually like each other, and he's trying to convince her about this world, and she's like, alright, well, he's a witch, blah, blah, blah. What fucking conversations did you have? That's the problem. Because they just say that time has passed and they yeah. don't allow anything to happen in that time to make it feel like that time has passed. Yeah, for her to be like, I can't get a signal. My dad's going to be worried. He's going to call the cops and be like, we're just going to have to deal with it. It's okay. Let's sit down. Let's talk about stuff. Hey, this is what this is. like. So one of the things that for me feels like it would have been good <laughs> to have, even though it would have you know, thrown other complications, but let's let's yeet Pandora and Alexander out of this plot. Please do. Marissa disappears yes. from the plot. She's absolutely inconsequential. She is just a a pawn 
in the game. She's a cog in the machine of this wild-ass plot. It's very... Her last scene with Siobhan is so confusing. Yeah. She is, like, she doesn't feel important. Mm -mm. And yet, at the beginning, she felt very important. Mm -hmm. And she turns into a tiger. Like, her existence needed more for this plot. Mm -hmm. And because she's not there, like, imagine if it was the three of them in the basement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you would have been like, okay, so spill your guts. Tell me all about this. Okay, show me that you can turn into a tiger. Anything with Marissa instead of, like, her last... Wasn't her last scene with Siobhan and Siobhan being like, I guess I won't kill her. But her last scene with Erin and Sassy was right before she went to the hospital and mm-hmm. then Sassy being pissy about single earth. Like, she didn't, she didn't fucking matter. No, so Erin's... So this is the problem, because, like, I was feeling so charitable towards this book until we hit, like, these Where last few chapters, yeah. yes. And then I was like, what the fuck is going on? So Because yeah, like, I liked Erin. I liked her dealing with her mental health stuff. Yeah, I liked the fencing stuff, like, the school that stuff. That absolutely disappeared and didn't matter. Does not matter. But no, so, like, the thing is that Erin, as you said, is, like, a weird part of this Alexander and Pandora last minute twist because her last scene with Siobhan like also I get it thematically right is like Siobhan you I don't understand it like from a what actually happened perspective but thematically Siobhan is like oh your family tried to kill me because they felt like I was a threat to your family I understand I have empathy now we're square like right cycle of violence etc etc fine But, like, Marissa, as you said, seemed very important in the beginning. And then Sassy did not because he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This book, as with all of them, feels like it should have been longer because Mm -hmm. the stuff about Erin figuring her life out that was so much of the first act just gets yeeted out the window when we get to all of this, like, Siobhan and Achilles. Yeah, yeah, the Den of Shadows stuff. Yeah. And you can see where, like, the pieces were there to make them connect. Yeah. I want to say, even though we see Sassy with Siobhan, mm-hmm. he could have been anybody. He didn't have to matter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when he's just a barista. Yeah. He comes up on page 73. Mm-hmm. Which, for this book, is... More than a third of the way through. Like, Mm -hmm. the book is 211 pages. Mm -hmm. He comes up on page 73, and at that point, it's like Marissa is relegated to the friend encouraging Erin to show off her boyfriend, and then the friend who doesn't like Sassy because both of them recognize each other as shapeshifters, and... The friend who Sassy doesn't like because she's associated with Single Earth. Like, that's it. That's what she becomes. Which could have all been interesting if we'd explored it for more than 14 seconds. Yeah. Because as far as Erin is concerned, Marissa disappears on page 145 when she after she visits Erin in the hospital. So for the last 60 or so pages, Marissa doesn't matter to Erin. In the same way that for the first 75 pages, Sassy didn't matter to Erin. Well, and, you know, Sassy coming in 73 pages in 
felt fine with the pacing that was established yeah in those 73 pages but then we hit like page what like 150 something and then it just goes hog wild somebody hit the fucking nas button and we're off and like it does the book such a disservice yep so on page like 153 through you know the end one two eleven or whatever Mm mm-hmm they're just with Siobhan and Ajila, mostly Ajila. Mm-hmm. Like, the last quarter of your book, it takes place in someone's fucking living room, basically. This ending is so, so bad on every conceivable level, though. Yeah. From from the setting to the part where they do, like, a clue explainer about what actually happened to, like, what actually happened <laughs> and to the way that everything resolves. It's real bad. Like, th- this is why this book is is bad. <laughs> right? Because otherwise, I was like, wow, I've seen a lot of interesting stuff happening here. A mm-hmm. lot of what feels like growth for the author and the series. And then it's just like, nah. No. Right back to the Den of Shadows bullshit. Yeah. So, essentially, they go to try to find Siobhan. Uh, they let Sassy and Aaron out of the basement. And then... God, what happens? Do they bring Siobhan back home? Is that what happens? Yeah. It's a sad scene with Siobhan and Ajila. He like the girls tracked her to a church and she's just out of it. She's just not in a good way. That's right. They find her in the church and they bring her back home when she's like catatonic. Right, like why couldn't we have just brought them to the church? Right, a more interesting because mm. Mm, mm. A more interesting location, please. Thank you. But they still do that because the mind palace is the church. The mind church. I know, but it wasn't the same church. But, you know, just like something other than Aaron and Sassy stuck in this house for 48 hours. It's boring. So, yeah, they let Aaron out of the basement. They explain their Star Trek techno bullshit. <laughs> I, so I'm going to tell you a story. I may cut this out of the podcast, but I need okay. you to know it. So, okay. For the finale of the vampire game that I was running, I needed them to connect with the uh, character's mind. Okay. So I said, oh, you you connect to this person's power. And they all just sort of went quiet for a minute and they were like, her what? And I was oh, like, no. you know, her her power, you connect to her power. And they're like, what's that? And then I realized that like- oh, no. Power is nothing. Like, what am I saying? I'm thinking power in the way that Amy uses power. Like, oh, it's like this weird combination. I lash out with my power. Yeah, like their spirit, their energy, their psychic resonance, you know, like their power is all of these things. And I realize that I'm saying that to these people who haven't read these books. don't know it. And they don't understand what I mean when I say you connect to their power. And that's how I felt reading this again. Like, I plug into the outlet? Right. (laughs) But, like, reading this and having Ajila explain, like, oh, well, your power is actually your psychic boundaries. It's what keeps your body together. I'm like, what (sighs) are you, what? Like, this is what my players felt. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. Now I get it. It is, where it's like, everything, all, all humans have power of some way, otherwise your mind would be bombarded by all kinds of weird shit. Alright, you fucking say so. Right, it's something we've never heard before. Anytime we've heard power, it's been a reference to, like, a witch's power or a vampire's power. Yeah, someone who literally has power. Instead, he's like, humans have power, shapeshifters have more, 
People like me and Siobhan have even more. Oh, okay. At the most basic level, that power is what makes you alive and self-aware. Like, what? Bullshit. It's just, it's very nonsensical in a way that, like, it felt like it made sense before, and this just sort of put their hands in it and then, like, spread the paint all over the paper. And I'm like, I don't (laughs) see a picture anymore. (laughs) Right? Like, I was going with you, I was going, and then you were just like... Yeah, just make some shit up. And I'm like, no. <laughs> now it's midi-chlorians and I'm off this train. <laughs> I don't, you know. Right. We didn't need to know why it was. You really don't. That's the thing. You don't have to explain it to me. Because if you just skip the power part and just explain, like, I don't know, birth trauma, I'll follow you. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so this is where Ajila figures out that Aaron's mother was the lady that Siobhan murdered when she was pregnant, which is the the whole backstory for this, right? Yes. Erin was born seven weeks early because of this. But we she's never been told this by her father. Right. And I assume he just had no good reason on, like, what the fuck happened. <sighs> this feels like it would be a vital part of your birth story. <laughs> I don't, right? Of being like, your mom was in a crowd, there was a, you know, there was a shooter. Right? Like, this is how you make blades. How did nobody (laughs) mention this? Siobhan, you made a blade. Is that what you wanted? He fucked up. And you made a blade. Look at it. It's got anxiety. She should have been badass. But instead... (laughs) So, Siobhan was attacked by hunters. She got desperate. She bit the first person that she saw. She was like, oh, you've got a little bit of shapeshifter blood. Great. Yeah. That'll help because this has Firestone, just like the one later. That was part of the reason that Ajila came to. was like, he could sense that Eren had some power in her and then something happened to fuck it up. Right. Some tree stay f- tried to train her, maybe. I don't know. Some tree stay. Don't Me, know. <laughs> you. You didn't recognize your own fucking power. That's God, such dude. a good question, Ollie. How did you not, sir? I feel like the hand wave that we would get if we asked this question would be, well, because the meds. And it's like, so you're telling me meds are magic. Okay, sure. I'm gonna smoke some pot and the tree stay can't fuck with me. Oh my God, you found their weakness, their kryptonite. <laughs> All you have to do is get a little high and the tree stays are like, oh fuck, I can't. I can't. I'm going to take some depression meds and the tree stays won't know what the <laughs> fuck to do. They're like, no, 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 guys. We got to wait 36 hours before we can attack. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, I got a whole bowl right here. When 36 hours go, I'll just smoke again. <laughs> like you, you and this tree stays staring at each other over a table. <laughs> you're just like, I can do this all day. <laughs> you like, check it. I got gummies. <laughs> the tree stays like, fuck. My only weakness. Fuck. Weed. Is it the CBD? Is it the THD? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. It all works the same. If I take ibuprofen, if I take melatonin, like, what? what is it? What are the meds? What is it? Explain to me your bullshit. <laughs> if you just put some first aid spray on a cut, yeah. then you're safe. I have ADHD meds. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Adderall. Damn it. The tree stays greatest weakness, modern medicine. <laughs> That's what it fucking feels like. <laughs> I I call extreme 
supreme bullshit. Well, yeah, and especially for the way that they treat power in every other book where it's like you can smell it a mile away and know whose it is. Like yeah. for Ajila to not recognize his own handiwork. His is, own fucking thing. It's wild. Like, oh my god. Or for him to not notice it after a couple hours as whatever it was is getting out of her system. Yeah, 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 Come yeah. Come on. Also, though, I do wish we had any hint of what kind of shapeshifter heritage Erin had through her mother. Because mm-hmm. it, it sounded like her mom might have been, like, sassy. And maybe Erin would have just had a little bit and never been a shapeshifter. But, mm-hmm. like, I would have liked to have known, oh, cool, she would have been a snake, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But no, we get nothing. There's nothing that brown hair and hazel eyes... Right. We would know if she were golden-eyed, but she's not, so. <laughs> if she had, like, garnet eyes. <laughs> Even emerald, like, some kind of jewel tone. No. No, she's obviously a horse, because horses are brown. <laughs> she's a bat. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Siobhan accidentally ate Aaron's mom and then realized what she did and felt bad about it. And she was like, Ajila, fix this. Because at least we've established that, like, Siobhan cares about children, maybe feels some kind of regret for becoming immortal and a vampire and not being able to have her own children, which I remember messaging you and being like, it's that hawk song snake charm bullshit all (laughs) over again, being like, my child that I have given birth to, my lineage. Mm -hmm. But whatever, you've established that Siobhan cares about kids, so when she realizes, oh, Fuck, I've just killed a pregnant lady. Have we, Ollie? Because she spent this entire book wanting to murder a teenager. It's a pro-life issue. (laughs) Right? The baby wasn't born yet, so therefore it mattered. Fuck her when she gets out of the womb, though. Soon as she's out of the womb, she's dinner. This girl is a threat to my family, and I can (laughs) defend my family. 16-year-old... Okay, 500 years ago, 16-year-old, she's an adult, okay? (laughs) I love that. If, like, 14-year-old Brittany was still under that line, but once Aaron hit 16, fuck her. No, your life is no longer precious. You've had your opportunity and you fucked with me. If you were an 8-year-old who fucked with me, I would just be like, oh, you silly little 8-year-old. Oh, I bet it's 4, like the Falcon. That's the universal, like, den of shadows, age of adulthood. Yeah, four, we can start testing your magic, so you're fucked. That would explain it, because there's a line later on where Pandora, where Alexander says, like, you sacrificed an innocent girl for your experiments. Pandora's like, you know I don't believe anybody's innocent. And I was like, all right, lady, this woman, or this girl is literally a fetus. What could she possibly have done? But Pandora was like, no, no, no. She turned four. She knows what she did. She (laughs) knows what she did. She stole cookies. (laughs) Right. Pandora is Santa. Pandora is watching every day. Oh, God. She sees you when you're sleeping. She knows the bad things that you do. And she knows (laughs) the minute. She's seen your internet search history. (laughs) (laughs) Pandora. Pandora and Julian. Like, they trade notes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've seen the weird shit that your Jenny Googles. And Julian's like, wait, what? Can you tell me so that I can know what she likes? <laughs> and, then, and then Pandora tells him like, oh, oh, yeah, no, she's really into like super stalkery guys who treat her boyfriend badly. And Julie's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Oh. She's got like a kidnapping fantasy. <laughs> Pandora, you're the best and I love you. 
<laughs> Pandora wreaking havoc. Julian and Jenny were another one of Pandora's experiments. <laughs> I accept that. I love it. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. Ajila did what he could to fix the issue, but it was only enough to like keep them both alive. Because he said he didn't really know what to do. He just shoved power in there. He just grabbed yeah. some fucking like sprockets and wires and was just like, I don't know, will this help? And it's like, oh boy, you do not know how to fix a human, let alone partly shapeshifter. <laughs> oh, okay. Like he just wanted to keep them alive long enough for the humans to get there. And like the Siobhan and Ajila got the fuck out. They weren't going to stand around and be like, oh, she accidentally ate her. Hi, welcome. Vampires exist. But it still doesn't make any sense on why Pandora or on why Siobhan was connected to Aaron. Just because she ate her mother. I don't. Like if he had taken. Remember, remember when Karen Smoke took power from Aubrey mm-hmm. and channeled it into Jessica? Mm-hmm. If he had channeled Siobhan into this lady and her unborn child, mm-hmm. then I would be like, I don't know, I guess that makes sense. But there wasn't even that. It wasn't like he took power from her. No, all he says is that it's just his power tying the two of them together, but doesn't really say how. You would think, then, if if he tied the two of them together, at some point he would be like, all right, you seem safe, and I'm going to guess that if that kid is still alive, then they're doing okay. Let's sever that. Like, this seems like a thing he forgot about, like, leaving the stove on. <laughs> and then he comes back and is like, why did my house burn down 16 years ago? <laughs> but this is such a catastrophic event that Siobhan like makes Ajila use his power to save these people and then they just fuck off and forget about it both of them seriously it just doesn't make any sense to me it's so weird even if he was like I this is a routine thing that we've had to do because the hunters because oh the hunters always hunt us down after about two months because we're just fucking wild kids having blood baths everywhere (laughs) like Okay, fine. If this was a common thing where you get shot, la la la, whatever, I grab this person and, you know, just just throw some power in it, they'll be fine. Like, no, they're not treated like college kids on benders. This is a thing that I don't think happened to them ever before. No. Or ever since. No, they make it feel traumatic. Yeah. And it was. It was a traumatic scene. So this is where the techno babble gets, like, I genuinely... Couldn't follow it. And I want to point out, like, we're adults. Yes. We are, we're not books. teenagers. Right? Yeah. Right? It's because it's all nonsense. Yeah. Honestly, what, like, I don't understand why what happens has that to happen. Because Ajila's like, I can't fix this myself. Yeah. I need Pandora's help. Why? You're 500 years old. And then they're like... I don't even know what's going on. I don't. I honestly don't. Ollie, do Do you you know what's going on? Yeah, please. Okay. I don't. So, Ajila realizes that it was him all along. He kidnapped himself. (laughs) And, no, he he was the the triste. And he's like, shit, I'm gonna need Pandora, but the only way to get Pandora is to entice her with a new student. I guess she's like a fucking cat. You gotta dangle a piece of tuna fish in front of her. I do love that, because later she acknowledges, that was the only reason that I left my house, so thank you. She's like, I'm a hermit, and I don't like to leave my house, but you said maybe a new student, and I love a challenge. (laughs) That's so stupid. That's so, uh, Den of Shadows. Reasoning, yes. Yeah. So, what seems to happen is, Ajila tries to do it himself, 
he's like, Aaron, this is going to hurt. And he pushes her. And we see briefly in her mind, and then later again we go back to it, that, like, she's in the mind church. And there's, like, a bunch of Siobhan's. And this makes sense to me. Because it's like, every time Siobhan has shown up in Aaron's life, it's like making a new copy of present Siobhan. Mm -hmm. Because when Ajila had kissed non-consensually... (laughs) Erin, <laughs> she recognizes Sassy as the shapeshifter she had drank from earlier, which wouldn't have existed if she was the Siobhan from 16 years ago. Right. So, like, okay, every time the Siobhan factor gets triggered, a new <laughs> copy is made and put into Erin's mind. But every time Erin wakes back up, that Siobhan copy never appears again. And so... She spent her whole life just thinking it's Siobhan. And it's true. They are all Siobhan. It's just that she doesn't know. And like Sassy mentions, you know, every time you, you switched in the past at the hospital, you didn't know what was going on. You didn't recognize me. Um, yeah, the Siobhans don't remember each other. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. So there's like this weird reveal that the first Siobhan was when she was a kid. And that initial copy thought she was like, getting a second chance at being human or she was remembering being human or something because she was like, oh, I'm a child again. Oh, I have a heartbeat and I can breathe. And she like wandered off into the woods to have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) And we find out, because this is actually the second twist, that each of those Siobhans continued to live on inside Eren because the first one is like, we grew up together. I was a child again and had a chance to be a kid again. And so I'm here. I've been here for 16 years. But none of the other ones seem to, like, if you were having this so bad that by the time you were in second grade, you were pulled out of public school, you'd think there would be Siobhans who remembered also being a child mm-hmm. instead of just Siobhans who remembered being institutionalized. Yes. And fighting. And like, the, let's call her, like, the alpha copy. So if the alpha copy... Made, like made a comment about most of these Siobhans couldn't survive on their own. They're what you would consider like fragments or splinters because they just know about fighting and hunting and surviving and they they cropped up because of those reasons. Like, that isn't so bad compared to the DID stuff. Like, sure, yeah, fragments exist and definitely like alters can, can grow and learn. Some of them appear fully formed. Some of them, you know, get new shit. But I really feel like, so just, you know, popping away from the story for a moment, I really feel like if Erin didn't actually have DID, mm-hmm. and this was all magic, she sure would have developed DID <laughs> from the trauma of all the crap she was fucking going through. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, you didn't have a trauma experience as a child, you know, the only thing was your parent or your mother dying, and maybe it was that. Sure, some people don't have or don't remember having a traumatic experience as a kid that gives them, you know... Uh, other personalities or other people, you know, are inside. But I feel like, you know, this this story couldn't fucking handle it, but there should be more than Siobhan. There should be, like, multiple people who are how Aaron fucking survives this existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all the Siobhans. Um, but anyway, back to the story. It's very weird that that Siobhan gives a fuck and all of the other ones don't. She also comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because... You've been in here the whole time. You grew up together. Like, where were you? And that's where I look at it and go, 
you are an altar. You are a created Siobhan. You should have been a Siobhan that ever stepped forward instead of any of these other weird-ass new copies. <laughs> like, if there was alpha copy and then all of these other Siobhans that were just new copies, you should have been fucking dealing with them this whole time instead of what we got, which is, hello, I'm a brand new character, basically. Yes. And it's not like there was not an opportunity. Yeah. We don't see Aaron hospitalized in this book, but we talk about it a lot. They talk a lot about the way that Siobhan has reacted to stuff in the past. There's ample opportunity to be like, well, sometimes there's a Siobhan who's not violent, you right. know, who is protective of Aaron and not just aggressive towards other people. Yeah. To be like, there have ever been, you know, other patients that she kept you away from because they seemed not great for you. <laughs> like, who who knew who you were and would say, Erin's a child and I'm, I need to protect her. Like, yeah. that feels like there's a lot of DID stuff that's not good. But that feels like the most missed opportunity here mm -hmm. for Erin to not know who Siobhan is, but for Siobhan to be like, or Alpha Copy, to be like, I'm Siobhan. The other ones are also Siobhan, but I'm the first Siobhan. I'm the one that cares about Eren. Every other Siobhan you see, even if it's just her opinion as mm -hmm. an unreliable narrator, to be like, every other one is probably bad, but I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For her to develop. Yes. And I, I think when you talked about, like, this is Eren's real altar, like, I feel like the ending sort of size at that vaguely like waves at that possibility because they're but even at the end it's like and she starts to not be as loud and i'm like no like maybe you're healing or whatever but as a person who doesn't seek integration i dislike the integration narrative mm -hmm. i i just you've you spent the book being like this is not this it's magic yeah. And then at the end, for Aaron, because Aaron has not ever been in a situation where she's like cohabitated with Siobhan, right? Right. They were not aware of each other. They weren't yeah. able to like work together, which is something that can happen. And for Aaron at the end of the book to be like, I'm super cool being a third roommate in my <laughs> own head. And for the book to paint that as like, cool like this is like the desired the best outcome here yeah. it's so it doesn't feel healthy in any direction you no, know and, and like i said where it's saying too that yes she's a third roommate and it's all good and healthy but also that siobhan's not gonna probably be around forever like it's weird because it feels like it wants it both ways and one is not true to the character, and the other one feels very uncomfortable to many of the people in my own head. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I. I feel like they got to the end of this book, realized that they magically cured Erin of her the idea that 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 might be a little a little iffy, and then we're like, well, no, here's her healthy. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. What are you like that no. can exist, but you would still need to like talk to the therapist that you've had for a long time because you still have damage and trauma and new shit. And like, I know she's talking to a single earth and whatnot, but like, 
that just feels like you're missing an opportunity here. Like, oh, all right. We're not even there yet. No, we're not. We're not even there yet. And this all happens in the last, like, three fucking chapters, by the way. Like, all of our, the upending of, I thought I was reading a book. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then all of a sudden, hello, I'm the end. Yeah. End boss has appeared and it's a hundred Siobhan's. <laughs> No, it's so bad, Ollie. For this book, which was relatively respectfully handling Aaron's mental health issues, to then just be like, no, bitch, it's a Siobhan battle royale. This is how we're settling this, is the tackiest way you could possibly choose to resolve a subplot with this subject matter. This is so awful. Yes. Like, yes. I know it's magic, but it's also... It's also grounded in mental health mm-hmm. as a book. Mm-hmm. All of the Siobhan's fighting for control of who's going <laughs> to control this place. <laughs> right? And some of them melt into the ground. Some of them become stained glass portraits or, or statues. Others just get absorbed into each other. And I'm like, this is a nightmare. This is a grindhouse movie. Yeah. And you're all Siobhan? Like, this is the character that, that Ajila put out as. In her mood, she could destroy an empire. This is not the character that cares about her family. This is not the character who, you know, Ajila finds fucking half staring at nothing in the middle of a church. This is not someone who has depth. Mm-hmm. And I know each of these are, are fragments, but they were instantaneous copies. Mm-hmm. They didn't show up only knowing fighting and murdering and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a disservice to the character. Yes. And, and, and I, don't, I, just, I don't like it. Oh, also, Alpha Siobhan doesn't speak like Siobhan. That was something I was noticing in her monologue. No, also, can I pitch um, Shamam? Shamam? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, thank you. Oh, 100%. Love it. Shamam. Because she doesn't have a mother figure. Like, what if it was that, you know, like, Siobhan has mood swings. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Siobhan is very mothering and protective of me, but sometimes she just wants to hurt anyone who's around me. Yeah, anything to imply that this protective person who becomes so important that she gets to last to the epilogue. Yeah, that's another thing too with DID is like, just because they're a different person doesn't mean they're fake. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're the real one, Aaron. Doesn't mean they're not dealing with their own crap. Like, in a real <laughs> a real human being, they're usually carrying some kind of trauma, and often trauma responses. But sometimes they're, they're the one that enjoys things. So, like, this could have been Siobhan-liked shit, and she was the happy Siobhan who got to enjoy being human and drawing and all of that stuff, and so she was just that way. But sometimes she's fucking gonna stab a nurse with a knife like (laughs) and to say oh well that was multiple siobhan's all right i guess so fine but if instead on the outside it wasn't siobhan is bad siobhan is evil siobhan has a violent history if siobhan was being treated as much as erin was being treated Mm -hmm. that would have been fucking respectful yeah instead she's treated like this villain right siobhan is just the violence yeah she couldn't possibly have any reason. And antagonistic alters, which is what they're usually called. Very often, you can treat them and make them not antagonistic to the system mm-hmm. or the host, which Aaron definitely treats it like Aaron is the host and this person is an antagonistic alter. But 
you can treat the antagonistic alter and find out why they are this way. And go, oh, your needs are not being met. Oh, you're scared. Oh, you need to protect Eren. Like, there's something. There's a reason Siobhan, multiple Siobhans, show up. There's a reason why Shamam would show up. Like, <laughs> they're not treating Siobhan. And that doesn't feel like DID to me. No, and I I mean, that's, that's part of where the the way that it's handled is different because they treat it like, oh, we finally have you on the right combination of meds so that Siobhan just is not Doesn't a thing exist. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I know for a lot of people that is the goal is to be like, not having to deal with my violent alters, not having to deal with my antagonistic alters. <laughs> but, but just suppressing her? No. Right, because like Aaron, Aaron doesn't feel secure. Aaron's afraid to go to fencing class. Like yeah. she's like, "Are you sure I should go to school? What if I get violent? What if Siobhan shows up? I have a history of this." No, Aaron doesn't have a history of this. Aaron's body does. <laughs> Honestly, Siobhan shows up. Bold move of them to put that girl in a fencing club. Like, I that's, know that's a lot, uh, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a bad idea. And then it doesn't even fucking come up because she doesn't even have to use the fencing later. Whatever. I know. That's so annoying. Like, there's a whole thing that seemed like a pseudo rivalry with some rich girl who was a good fencer and then just disappeared. Or something, right? Nothing. I thought she was going to be a shapeshifter. These characters who all have names, like, nope. (laughs) Very distinctive names. Not important at all. Not at all. Ridiculous. So, yeah, like, the reveal on this, this the, the second twist here, just makes me very uncomfortable, unhappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all of the respect went out the window. And I feel like if I had been looking at this and able to chat, I, being able to say, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is, I guess, a valid choice to make. But if, you're, if your goal at the end is to say, yes, Shamam is <laughs> actually an altar. And she's going to stick around because she is a protective person who can help Eren mm-hmm. and herself. You know, she's not just there for you, Eren. She has her own fucking life. Thank you. Um, but for them to be able to, like, not lose time and whatnot in between to, to know, hey, you know, this is happening, blah, blah, blah. Like, this mm-hmm. is cohabitation. Co-consciousness, that's the word. If that's where you're headed... <laughs> You need to you need to not have Siobhan just be this violent fucking boogeyman in Aaron's life. And like if what you wanted was a a union of Aaron and Siobhan as characters to sort of cap off this like antagonistic relationship that Siobhan the vampire has Siobhan, had not Shamam. Yeah, Siobhan well and, and not Siobhan Aaron's alters, like Siobhan the vampire who exists and Aaron the teenage girl, then let them have a scene. Like, right? <laughs> I don't she think never they ever talk to, to each other. No. Yeah. And also, I thought they were headed towards maybe Siobhan being motherly towards a human girl. Yes. If that's what you want, then why not just up. make it Siobhan the vampire and not yeah. Shamam? Yeah. Like, she had all of the discussion about those things. And, like, for her to be like, yeah, you know, once all of the other altars were gone and it was just me i still had a lot of memory from you but not like of you and so i like a lot of the things you like because that's just mm-hmm. what i grew up with because you know i understood it because of you yeah 
And for Siobhan to be like, oh, you're my second chance. Yeah, yeah. My human lineage. Yeah. Bullshit. Whatever. But still, I would feel a lot better about this girl is my chance. I, I took her mother from her. I didn't mean to, but I still did it. And I've I've hurt her accidentally through bullshit tree stable witch crap. <laughs> She's still only 16. I could still be a, a mother to her. She yeah. picks up languages very fast. She likes art. Why wasn't it that? This was Erin and Siobhan's story, and then it wasn't. Well, and here's the thing. It, it very easily could be, because, like, we have this bullshit power stuff. Siobhan is unconscious at the same time Erin's unconscious. Just make it Siobhan in yeah. their protecting Aaron. Like, right? they're connected by a jeweler or whatever. Just Or, here, here's, here's another thought. Have Siobhan start integrating all of the memories of the copies. Mm-hmm. Where she goes, I remember now. Like, that, that momentary memory came back over to me where you were there and you were scared and I protected you. I thought, it, or I, it was me, but, you know, I was protecting myself, but... But there's this other one who who remembers all of it. I know all of your history. And the mm-hmm. same way that you know me, I know all of you. Right. And I've absorbed Shamam, and now I feel motherly towards you because I remember being you as a kid. Mm-hmm. I thought I was being given a second chance, and it was. It was you. You're the second chance. I've now experienced a new human life. Yep. I don't think these are wild leaps. Like, I know some of our no. suggestions yeah. sometimes are like, make it gay, whatever. Like, that's not <laughs> about to happen. say, like... What if gay? <laughs> but this is this is more cohesive than this weird random shit that we actually get. Right, because Siobhan's story seemed like about a woman who was terrified of being mortal. And we never get to see her become immortal. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know her terror and stuff like that. We're just told she's terrified or was terrified when she was human. And we mm-hmm. see her be scared as a vampire and like, breathing and being like mm-hmm. oh wait i don't have to breathe like she does not like living <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet the story is about her reconciling her choice and what she gave up and didn't know she was giving up and that it only feels like you get lip service to that a lot of it, it it's like half that it's half learning to feel empathy for people and stop being such yeah. a murder artist, you know? like Because <laughs> there's there's literally a moment where she's like, Siobhan turned away, tasting her own blood as she bit her lip to keep from crying. She wasn't supposed to feel this way. She had to fix things. Maybe once Ajila severed the connection to Erin, this pain would pass, again leaving her feeling free. But maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it wasn't supposed to. Seeking absolution, she fled once more to a place that had long ago offered her solace. Like, that? That felt like where we were headed? And that's good. Like, that's growth from the the shitty murder vampires we had in the first couple of books, right? Right? Where her, her whole fucking thing in the opener, where she's, like, looking at the hunters, and she's like, oh, I've been waiting for days. Mm, five against one, a great fight. Like, it feels like Siobhan's arc was... I'm a Den of Shadows vampire, and I want to head towards being not a Den of Shadows vampire. (laughs) I would like to be a character, please. (laughs) She was so close. Yeah. She was not this ridiculous, over-the-top, hot-topic vampire. She was like, maybe I should feel bad. And like you said at one point, like we see people she's killed Mm, all just kind of staring at her blankly in the church at one point, like the, Mm -hmm. the mind church. It felt like so much earned growth. Mm hmm. But we never even know what happens to the real Siobhan. 
we don't. Aaron gets the last chapter and the epilogue, and it gives us- I thought the epilogue was going to be Siobhan. Yeah. And it's nothing of value. Like, the, no. no. This is so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, so as far as Aaron's plot goes, that's what happens. All of the other Siobhan copies disappear except for Shamam. Oh, can we take a moment real quick to just appreciate how good the opening paragraph to chapter 23 is? Oh, yes. He messaged me about this one. Uh, please. Uh, so, like, yeah, they have that whole thing where Aaron is being protected by Shamam while all of the other Siobhans fight to the death in a battle royale. <laughs> and then the next chapter is <laughs> Sassy. What's going on? Sassy demanded. He didn't know who he expected to answer. Aaron was staring vacantly into space, unresponsive. Ajila had collapsed. <laughs> Siobhan was screaming and ranting at what sounded like Latin. <laughs> you sent me the fucking community gif. Right? Of Troy coming in with the fucking pizza. <laughs> and everything's on fire. It's just such a, a fucking ridiculous smash cut because, like, the last thing we saw was Ajila being like, all right, I'm going in. Cut to sassy. Ajila's unconscious. Aaron's unconscious. Savan is screaming. <laughs> and Sassy's just like, what do oh, I Julia. do? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, uh, it's so great. Good times. Anyway, then fucking Alexander shows up. All right, let's see what happens. Pen well, Pandora and Alexander. No, wait, no. Is this before or after Sassy makes the wild decision to make Aaron a hyena? Before, because Alexander's the one who makes that encouragement. Does he? I thought he does yeah. it by himself. Nope. He he oh, no, comes right. to the choice because Alexander is like, well, I don't know, you need this. Mm -hmm. All right. Pandora shows up and is like, Alexander tried to do something useful, wake up the vampire and let her <laughs> feed on you, basically. And Sassy's like, what is happening? And that's when like we're told, too many Siobhan's. And then Pandora explains it to us, but it doesn't make any sense anyway. Okay. And then Alexander says, I just wanted to help Eren. Pandora knew about the connection with Siobhan, kept hiding her from Single Earth to protect Ajila. I tried to tell one of Single Earth's people about Eren so they could help her. She was supposed to call Single Earth, not Hunters. You told a 16 or 17 year old kid. Call Single Earth your fucking self. How did you interact with Marissa? What's that look like? How'd you even find her? This is a plot hole that I can drive a truck through. Okay, so we got a hint of this when Marissa explains to Siobhan how she came to narc on Siobhan to her family. Yeah. And I don't understand how it worked. Who came first? Was Siobhan at, Ale at her school first? Did Alexander put her at Marissa's school? I don't understand the events. Right, like, how did you get to this specific school and then Alexander tells this specific shapeshifter to watch you? And, and Marissa said, you know, I watched, I wanted to see if she could fight, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, And then I realized you were Siobhan. Like, what? So how long has Erin been at that school that she's been able to make all of these observations? At least two weeks. But they haven't had the conversation about her fucking DID. So when did she know about Siobhan? Sh I don't, I don't Wait, understand did you, this. Did you think she was actual Siobhan? Then why did you tell the hunters about, like, go kill real Siobhan? Like, right. How did you come to the conclusion that they were, uh, that she was a threat? I don't get it. The hunters have just been chasing Siobhan. 
because she's a vampire, and Marissa happened to be near the person who has a copy. Because, like, if you're going to have a coincidence, that seems like one I'm more likely to be okay with. That was literally just what I thought happened, and it was fine. Right? I didn't need Marissa, a 16 or 17-year-old, working with Single Earth to be connected to Alexander being like, Pandora, you're doing something bad and you need to let this girl get help. Like, Alexander, tell Single Earth your fucking self, you fucking wimp. <laughs> right. <laughs> Diana Smoke has an email. <laughs> no, what if that letter from Alexander is buried in Diana Smoke's email and, like, Jeez. that's just a little Easter egg for all of us. Oh, my God. But, like, it's been at least two weeks, if not longer. Alexander, you're a tree stay. You chose to come back to Pandora. What is your point? Why are you here? How did you survive? (laughs) We're told only the best of the best can survive Pandora's training. Two. Two people out of like the hundreds of years that Pandora has been alive. Ajila and Alexander. You should be a badass. Disgusting. I hate you. I'm just going to put the whole man in the trash. <laughs> do it. Whole man disposal services right into the... Why did Rizika not murder you? <laughs> Why did Aubrey not murder you? Why did anybody not murder you, Alexander? Why didn't your mother murder you? Because we know she's still alive. <laughs> I love that. Everybody. Why has nobody there murdered There have been so many people... But they're like, mm, we don't want to cross Pandora. She's, like, chosen him as her student. Yeah, well, he'll probably fucking die. Oh, shit, he survived. <laughs> no. Oh, Why him? Of all the ones to survive. Like, you know, we laugh about these badass den of shadows, vampires and witches and hunters, whatever. But then you get someone like Alexander and you're just like, Why? There are so many people who just survive because everyone's afraid of the people who like them. Why do you <laughs> like them? I love I love the idea that Alexander is such a fuck up that he didn't know what to do about this teenage girl that he felt was being mistreated. So he just stumbled eyes shut into Marissa and was like, oh, you, you feel like a single earth. I'm going to tell you a secret. I've done right? my duty. Like, how did you know that this kid volunteers there? Volunteers, like a fucking animal shelter because she's 16, you know? Like, there had to have been someone else there. Go find fucking Nicholas and be like, hey, could you tell your sister? Because I know she works with Single Earth. Yes, go to a vampire. Go to, I'm sure Single Earth has other tree stays. Like, they have other staff. fucking tigers. Yeah, I don't, I, This is this is a bad twist. It overcomplicates things, and it makes the book stupider. Because nobody cared. Nobody needed to know. Alexander didn't need to be pissed off about this. No. Like, all it does is say, oh, yeah, Pandora actually really did do this, but she was never going. Like, I feel like it's that. The author probably was like, Pandora will never admit to hiding her from Single Earth. Okay, why does she need to have been hidden from Single Earth? Again, we come back around to, you could remove Pandora and Alexander, if sometimes Single Earth just fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, Single Earth is good, it's utopian, and nobody is poor in Wyvern's court. Like, <laughs> it's just that. It's just this, it feels like classism, because it, it, it doesn't acknowledge that, like, poor people slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Right. And then the ridiculousness that you have to insert to get Pandora and Alexander to be necessary, right? Because like Ajila calls Pandora, says, I can't handle this. Come now. And then immediately tries to handle it and passes out. Like what? How does that make sense? Right. You could have just fucking waited. There was no problem. Siobhan wasn't going through any trouble. Aaron wasn't going through any trouble. Both of them were stable. But instead, he does something that's counter to something he was doing five minutes earlier. And he doesn't know if Pandora will even fucking show up. Nope. Just fingers crossed. Yep. So at this point, Sassy is like, Sassy, and says, have any useful information to Alexander? And he's like, Aaron needs more power. And Aaron can't heal herself, but she had a little bit of something in her. A little shapeshifter blood. Oh, what if she has more shapeshifter blood? Would that do it? Let's find out. I hate this. I hate this a lot. Yep. No, I... Mm, the choices that are made and like... Dude. So, instead of literally anyone else in this house who actually has power and could do these things... uh, Like, so there's a lot of content warnings in this book that mm-hmm. is hard to talk about. Because there's mental health stuff. There's like often graphic descriptions of self-harm and uh, talk about, like, people having attempted suicide, suicidal ideation, etc. But at this moment, for the sake of Aaron, we get a big content warning on Mm self-harm where Sassy takes a fucking fillet knife and I quote, pulling the blade in one sweeping motion from wrist to elbow. That's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he does it to her. And then he saran wraps their fucking arms together, hoping this will work. This is so, so... Once again, we're solving a DID plot by having the altars battle royale. And now we're dealing with Sassy, who's had a history of, like, suicide attempts. Yep. Save Aaron. By slitting his wrists and saran wrapping them. This is so tacky. It's, ugh. And, like, at no point are we told about the scars on his arms. Like, you have to read the fucking short story to know Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) I did want to give a special note out to how hard these books try to not swear or have sex happen. Mm -hmm. Because we get a wonderful moment of not swearing here. Where he's like, or it's like, some people chanted Ohm. Sassy preferred something with one more letter and starting with F. There's no three-letter word that starts with F. You're okay. trying way too hard to not just say fuck, 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 fuck. Just say Sassy swore over and over again. Like, if you, if you want to do this. Like, this is like a fucking coy way of saying it, and it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, uh. And then him being like, well, guess I don't have to change if I pass out. Oh, hey, if I fuck this up, you know, at least I don't have to. Have Aaron be mad at me. Like, what are we doing? I get where the idea of, wait, no, my aesthetic suicide can actually be an act of of love and salvation could conceptually work, but it's just so You're basically choosing that, like, Either both of you are living or you're both dying here because I fucked up. It's not treated with the 
the right level of respect on that, though? No, it's not. It's just, it's gross and weird in this book that's on lists of books about, like, mental health for teenagers. Oh, God. Right. You mentioned that. Yeah. And it's like, but then this happens. Like, it's not glamorizing anything, but it's also a very weird move, (laughs) you know? Because it's all magic is the thing. Like, because it doesn't have to treat this stuff as though it has the sort of emotional weight that it would for actual people with actual problems. Because it's all magic. You can just do this and you don't have to think about what this would feel like for sassy. Yeah. Yeah. Who grew up not knowing he was magic. Mm -hmm. So, like... He spent a long time human. And I feel like a little bit like, oh yeah, Aaron wants to be nothing more than normal. You're also kind of talking for yourself there, kid. Oh yeah, I mean, that's fair cop, you know? Yeah. So we get more Alexander and Pandora bullshit. We find Alexander standing up to Pandora, but it's like, who even fucking cares? Pandora's moves here are really weird, because like, she has Alexander feed Siobhan, right? And then Pandora wakes up Ajila. And then as soon as Ajila wakes up, she's like, all right, we're done here. We're going to leave. Then Ajila's like, no, wait, you have to fix this or else I'll be mad. And Pandora's like, okay. okay. <laughs> and she's just like, everyone calls fucking sassy a puppy. And I'm like, but he's a hyena. It's not a. It's not a dog. It's dog. not. They're they're different. I'd have to look it up. But like, why didn't you just fucking make him a different type of wolf? Like, make him a coyote. Like, that's weird. Again, you know, built on all of the stuff that you built when you were a kid. So, she's like, yeah, he has the right idea, and it'll either work or it won't. Nothing more can be done. That's it. Everyone just waits. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, because then Ajila fixes Siobhan by transferring power from Brittany and Yana. Oh yeah, they're all just like blopping on the couch. And the only way that Ajila gets Sassy to stay is to be like, oh, I can teach you how to control the change and, you know, teach Erin to control her abilities because it sounds like she can see auras and might have some psychic abilities. And gosh, if you just let her have that happen, she might actually go crazy. Oh, and that was the other thing where he was implying earlier on that like, some of Aaron's schizophrenia was just her psychic ability. And I was like, no, nah, don't do this. Can't it just be schizophrenia? <laughs> right. Like, this is this is why we don't do this. Yeah. This is why I stopped working with, like, the world I was building. Because <laughs> I was like, hmm, as fun as it would be for everything to just be magic, this is not right. Right. Sometimes people have actual problems. <laughs> Yeah, that needs to be addressed with consideration and not magic. And I feel like if in this one it was, yeah, a lot of your problems came from mm-hmm. this, but taking it away doesn't make all of it go away. Like the idea of Shamam having actually become a full altar. Mm-hmm. Like just, no, your family has a history of schizophrenia. That mm-hmm. is something you deal with, but it's manageable. Mm-hmm. And it's not the hospital sentence that it's you, you've been worried it's going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. You can just take meds. Right. Like maybe Siobhan's presence was exacerbating it and now she can take less meds. Sure. Right. Well, because they even said at one point, a person of your age and weight shouldn't 
these this is not the appropriate dosage for you. Right. And she's like, sure, but when they lower it, uh, this happens. <laughs> so like, oh, hey, look, you can take an appropriate level right. of medication because you know your body doesn't produce what it needs. So here you go, store bought is fine. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Instead, everything is fine. She doesn't have to take any of her meds again. It's a fucking miracle. I don't want it at all. No. So yeah, Pandora helps Siobhan in an unspecified way. Aaron watches all of the Siobhan's fight. Oh boy, right. The final twist. Yeah, Sassy's made her a hyena. By sharing blood as though he were a vampire, Sassy has made her a hyena. And I wish that here we had been told the reason we connected, the reason you recognized whatever was because you also had hyena heritage. Mm -hmm. And so when I gave you more hyena blood, it gave you more power and it made your animal wake up. And it's there and it's great. Or if it was, hey, I gave you my shapeshifter blood and it fed your power and it fed your animal and you're this other animal. Yeah. (sighs) We've already seen tigers and we know hyenas exist. Mm -hmm. And we just got off the Kishara, so. (laughs) And I think even in this book it says, if you search it, like, wolves and hyenas and one other are really affected by the moon so like find her something that's not affected by the moon or something that is or whatever like you had options yeah instead he basically infects her the way a vampire infects a human he takes his blood gives it to her her power goes om nom 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 (laughs) now i too am a hyena well and so i'll tell you why this feels so weird Especially because we just came off of a five book series that did so much shapeshifter world building and there was mm-hmm. not hide nor hair of it working like this, right? Correct. Like in that world, everybody is born a thing and you get that thing by like making babies with other things. Like <laughs> nobody is transformed. God forbid you make babies with that particular type. <laughs> right. But like there's no indication in this this super long series that is focused on this specific thing that it yeah. works the way that vampires work and yet here we are in the next fucking book and a shapeshifter is just like you are a shapeshifter now too my child like it harkens back to the the end of demon and the end of shattered mirror in the and now you're something else but it does not work no um i will say that in the original ebony books Mm -hmm. I remember there being at least one bird shapeshifter mm-hmm. that had been a human and like helped save like somebody and was given a blood transfusion. <laughs> they got she-hulked. They did. <laughs> and he became a bird. <laughs> and like, I feel like he, the weird part for me on that one was that it was like he was up for like getting engaged to Alistair. Mm-hmm. From that, it's just like, why would you have this random human who has only been a, I don't know, fucking sparrow or whatever for, like, three months? Why would you just be like, cool, you can marry my, my princess? Well, because now they're going <laughs> to make bird babies. Yeah, right. But anyway, so there was, like, stuff the author had worked with that for them this was proven to be possible. But like you said, canonically, you need to be born that way. And even in this book, it's like, yeah, shapeshifters can pass on their heritage, this gene. You could have just told us that the mother was a hyena 
Or you could have just had her be something else. His, you know, I don't doubt because of the techno babble shit that we dealt with this entire end of this book. I don't doubt that this makes sense in the Den of Shadows world because literally anything can happen and they yeah. just say it's power and it's fine. It just feels wrong, you know? Yeah. In the RPG book, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the supplement that just came out, the Persistence of Memory <laughs> supplement, we're told, hey, you could have grown up a human, but if a shapeshifter gives you a transfusion, if you have a little bit of shapeshifter heritage, mm-hmm. then you can become that shapeshifter. Because we don't know specifically what Aaron was, we know you can become that type of shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. My character is, uh, you know, fucking chaotic evil, so uh, I kidnapped the fucking Arami of the Serpiente, <laughs> and uh, I fucking pulled a Chiasid, uh and became my own fucking Cobra line. <laughs> yes. In the RPG of this world, fantastic, amazing roleplay abilities. Yeah, I'm my own daddy. <laughs> there needed to just be a little bit of info on this being like, help it grow, Krista. You know, like, mm-hmm. give her animal a little bit more power and it can help lead her out of this. It can help her be strong enough to not let the Siobhan's take over. Except, except, we didn't even need that. It's unnecessary. Sassy made this choice thinking he had to, but he didn't. And it took away so much. <laughs> it took away the the ending. Like, because Erin does nothing nope. to help herself in this. And like, I get it. She's been a victim in it. But like, Shamam protects her. And Sassy didn't <laughs> need to turn her into a shapeshifter. Because Shamam was never going to kill right. Erin. So like, we knew he didn't need to do this thing. And you literally have, like, if she came out of it and they were like, there's a problem, you've got three fucking trees in the room. If you can't figure this out, I don't know what. One <laughs> of you, one of you can put a vampire down and help this human girl for five seconds. Seriously. Siobhan isn't going to die. She's stable. Right, Alexander? Alexander, put that vampire down. Put it down right now and go help that girl. That's a vampire. She's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, Sassy made a choice that he thought he had to. I don't blame Sassy's choice. Mm -hmm. I blame that the plot made him think that. Yeah. Yeah. Because she could have just been her with her schizophrenia that actually existed and wasn't psychic abilities. And her actual singular alter, Siobhan, who, yeah, could kick ass when needed to, but protected her. Or didn't have a Siobhan alter, actual Siobhan and her connected, and she was like, you're my second chance, I will be your mother. I'm so sorry for taking away a mother mm-hmm, from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me help. Yeah. Instead, uh, Siobhan just says, hey, look behind you, and there's a doc. At the end. <laughs> there's a fucking hyena, and the hyena will lead you out. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that the whole set piece for the set piece. So we d- we talked about how this this end of this book is in a living room and everybody's yeah. passed out and the pizza's on fire, right? But like <laughs> the the actual climax is the battle of the Chavants, right? But yeah. that battle does not happen. That battle yeah. is just vaguely described in one or two paragraphs. And I'm like, what is this? 
What climax yes. is this? This is nothing. No. Nothing happens. And, like, Aaron sits up in this living room, and, like, Ajila can barely stand, and he, like, crawls to the couch where, like, the other three vampires are all, like, cuddled up and drained and whatnot. And, like, I never understood why anyone had to fucking help Siobhan. <laughs> I, I don't either. It seemed like all she really needed to do was feed, and she was fine. Right? And, again, Pandora comes in and is like, eh, Siobhan's stable as she ever would be. Like, okay, Again, like you said, why didn't real Siobhan and real Aaron meet in the church palace and real Siobhan protect real Aaron mm-hmm. from these fragments? It still wouldn't have been perfect, but at least it would have been the actual two characters. Right. It's, yeah, no. It's bad. Yeah. Anyway, Sassy wakes Aaron up. He's like, hey, you're a uh, hyena now. Let's go for a run. Aaron's like, okay, also, this is my shamam. She'll be mm-hmm. watching us proceed in whatever way we choose to intimately. Uh, I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> and then she's like, also, I have a dog in me now. It's just a totally separate being and not like an integrated yeah. aspect of my personality, which again... So, like, does does Sassy have a that? Right! When we get to the short story, he thinks of the hyena's legs as his real legs so like why is Aaron's different why is Aaron different from every other shapeshifter we've been shown yeah. in the last series which was about shapeshifters right we had five different perspectives in that book and no one was like the falcon calls to me and I must obey because it's a separate animal and will just piss to me if I don't no even Eliza and Hi who have two f- animals <laughs> That can merge into one animal. That's still just them. Yeah, it's just them. And instead, Aaron wakes up with a dog screaming bacon. Like, that's it. Okay. That's the phrase right there that made me think about how much this author must fucking love meat. (laughs) Yeah. Because she wakes up and she can smell bacon, you know, off in the distance. And the hyena's only contribution to this fucking conversation is (laughs) bacon. I just see fucking Ed from the Lion King. Yes. And I'm just like, bacon, really? Meat? This is okay. I'm seeing your fucking meat propaganda all over again. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much. Couldn't the hyena have had nothing to say, including like real human words? Couldn't the hyena just have been you? Aaron. Sniff, 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 sniff. Like, I don't to me it felt very like very lol random. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It's 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 uh Raven and Aikido's <laughs> insanity like, makes chaos the river makes slow. the world go around. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's to which the hyena added suavely bacon. bacon. Like <laughs> use the it's so fucking chewy and you think it's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It was. That was pretty bad. I was like, oh, is this the note that we're going out on? Great. Love it. Big fan. Right? Compared to some of the other stories, like, endings we've gone out on, you want to go out on bacon. Okay. (laughs) But it's actually not the ending that we go out on, because we get an epilogue, which is somehow even worse. And I thought it was going to be from Siobhan's perspective, because we just spent all that time with Mm -hmm, Aaron, but no, it's still Aaron. Still Aaron. One year later. It's like fucking fanfic, this epilogue. It's nothing. It's... First of all, it's not even Aaron having a scene with anybody. It's just Aaron reflecting. It's like the scroll at the end of the movie where they tell you that this person died in Vietnam. Like, 
<laughs> and that this one is, you know, like now playing basketball with his with his sons on Saturdays. <laughs> like, who cares? Because we go from sassy feeling really out of character and being like, oh yeah, Ajila said to come back after dawn and maybe we'll become like awesome immortal witches like him. You what? You didn't want anything to do with that, but whatever. And this line from Aaron. I don't need to be awesome or immortal, Aaron said. I'm just happy to be me. Which was like, okay, we could end on mm-hmm. that for Aaron. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like an ending line. It sure does. And if we'd removed the hyena from being a separate fucking personality mm-hmm. and had either Shamam being like a legit alter who was going to stick around or Siobhan mm-hmm. being a mom, that's a pretty good end right there. And then we could do an epilogue from Siobhan's perspective. What do we got? Oh, no, it's a scroll. It's just, oh, now I'm in school and I'm still friends with Marissa. Don't worry, we didn't forget about Marissa. She's still here. I'm still on the fencing team. I'm in single earth now and they smoothed out everything with my dad. So don't worry, I did not have to explain that time. I got kidnapped for three days. Or the giant fucking scar on my arm. (laughs) Oh, no, I did not think about that. And then, yeah, just being like, oh, now I spend my days running with my hyena pet in my mind and sassy the end oh on on land that ajila and siobhan let us use so you know oh. we're cool with them that was the that was the fanficy part to me yeah <laughs> the the 22 acres of forest that ajila and siobhan had given them permission to use like what do they care it either have a relationship or don't yeah and also what the fuck happened to siobhan the world may never know. We'll never know, and I hope we never know. I honestly yeah. hope we never yeah, yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, And so, let's see. The e- The actual ending then becomes, she opened all the aspects of herself to the forest. Erin, who still feared her freedom but trusted Sassy, and was slowly beginning to trust herself. The hyena, who simply wanted to play, with no concern for the real world beyond the forest's edge. And Shamom, <laughs> whose voice was softer every day, until sometimes it was hard to distinguish what was left of her from Erin. All three minds were in agreement. Time to hunt. Time to run. Why is Erin in agree with time to hunt? That's nothing. That's not been thematically... That's not nearly as powerful as I'm just happy to be me. No, that's nothing. What is that? Fucking bullshit, Johnny. Oh my god. I hate it. Yeah, no, this is a a bad epilogue. Why did nobody cut that? (laughs) Why did no one say, you know, you don't actually need that? You don't. We don't need to know. We have a lot implied. And if you ever, 10 years from now, like with all just glass, want to come back to a sequel, fine. But we don't need it. Nope, I don't. No one cares about these characters to know this epilogue. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, from a purely looking at the book perspective and not giving a shit about the world of progression, it doesn't help. You're an editor. Take it out. (laughs) Right. Like you need an editor who's going to be a little more ruthless. All right, Ollie, we've been talking yep. about this yep. book way longer than we thought we would. Uh, yeah, I didn't think we would. Yep. But I guess the fucking end required an hour. Yeah, it did. I mean, it is the the most terrible part of this book, which makes it the part that's the most worth talking about. Most we want to talk about. Unfortunately. Because the rest of it had, had some stuff, you know? We talked about that. It had some yeah, stuff. it was definitely better than I expected, So, but then it wasn't. So lol. <laughs> it's like you were so close. I I was thinking to myself earlier today as I was like contemplating this. Mm-hmm. I wanted this book to be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about this book. I didn't know a lot about these characters. 
I wanted this to be growth. And for a long time reading it, I was like, wow, it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at these characters. And and remembering all just glass and seeing the growth there. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like, oh, no. No. <laughs> Here it is. I know how we get to Token of Darkness and <laughs> all of the fucking stuff that happens in Poison Tree. And mm-hmm. I know how we get to Promises to Keep because I'm seeing it. But like, there was a chance. There was a better book in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I say if it was just like removed from the Den of Shadows mm-hmm. and just let it be whatever the fuck it wanted to be. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. It's, it can't be. It has to be a Den of Shadows mm-hmm. book. But the moments it's not a Den of Shadows book, it's a good book. Yeah, I agree. It's just weighed down by where it lives. Yeah, I think there's just too much, and again, speculation about what's in what draft. But it, it feels like you said there's too much Den, too much young draft one of this in there. Yeah, like, I wish it was, I took the whole idea and I fucking scrapped it. Yeah, I built it back up. From uh, a perspective of however old I am now, me. Yeah. So, uh, would you recommend this book? No. <laughs> long, long pause. I had to think about it, you know? Like, no. Yeah. It. I'm surprised I remembered as much as I did, because last night I finished it, mm-hmm. and I was starting to forget everything. Same, obviously. <laughs> See the first 20 minutes of this podcast recap. Yeah, well... I feel like we had to, like, work our way back into it and remember what the fuck happened. Yeah. I almost called this uh, my drink. I wanted to find an antonym for persistence of memory because that's (laughs) what this book was to me. Yeah. You're like, what's the opposite of persistence? Because this is just, like, no memory. (laughs) And, like, Erin's a a good character, but, like, at the end, she stops being a character. Like, every time someone stops, Marissa stops being a character. Sassy stops being a character. Erin stops being a character. By the end, no one's a character. Mm Mm-hmm. So, well, what fucking matters? Why would I tell someone to read this book just to be like, and wasn't it great when all of those characters you've like <laughs> built up emotions for in the first 70 to 100 pages, like stopped being characters? Wasn't yeah. that awesome? And there wasn't even anything good to add to the mental RPG, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> um, no, I think if you're an Amy fan, it makes for an interesting contrast to something like demon but if you're not like why it assumes you know a lot about the den so hope you read the other (laughs) books hope you hung out on the boards yeah and then it doesn't handle its subject matter all that great and then the end of the book is bad and comes has a lot of stuff that comes out of nowhere so like there's no way that this sort of stands up Unless you are already balls deep in the subject matter. <laughs> like we are. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, both of us read the short story that's a companion oh, to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. It's called Empire of Dirt, which is a Johnny Cash reference. Mm-hmm. Because he changes the Nine Inch Nails cover he does. So instead of Empire of Shit, it becomes Empire of Dirt. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, I don't know why I have this useless information in my head. Having one, having read it, I don't understand why that is a reference there. Like, I know that Sassy's full name is, his last name is Cash with a K. Mm -hmm. Like, that title, just nothing. What? What? But reading the short story was interesting to see, like, how things went for Sassy. Mm -hmm. I feel like this author 
for all, for all of the information that they always threw up on like their website and in their forums and things like that. Like just 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 write more 2000 to 5000 word short mm-hmm. stories. Like mm-hmm. just fucking do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily like I would not recommend that short story to anyone because it was steeped in problems mm-hmm. and no content warnings. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many characters and bits of the world that it's like, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. It's never as interesting on the page. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you just wrote short stories, maybe you could get more of that out. Yeah. Make make your own wiki. Yeah. Just be like, here you go. Here's a here's a 2,000 word story about this character. Because mm-hmm. it, it, they have a hard time maintaining it across 40 to 70,000 words. Yeah. What were your opinions on the short story? I don't have any opinions. I barely fucking remember it. <laughs> I mean, it's just him in the hospital. Yeah. I don't know why it was necessary. You know, I mean, the only thing it does is kind of give us a, a look at Aaron in treatment. That's true. Where she's, we, we see the violence briefly. Yeah, we hear about her having had episodes. We only ever see Aaron. We do not see Siobhan. Right. But we hear that Siobhan was there. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, delves a little bit more into Sassy's specific trauma. Yeah. And, like, what it is to be a hyena shapeshifter that doesn't have anyone telling you how to do it. But, like, I feel like we got all of that told to us in the book. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was just retreading. Because I read it after the, the book and you read it before the book. Mm-hmm. I felt like it just retread a lot of the information we'd already got. Yeah. I, I do feel like it added a little bit to this read to sort of see the stuff that I think Siobhan ends up mentioning in passing. But, like, when I, just the short story on its own, shrug. Yeah. I specifically read it after, because you had read it before, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I want to see how our reads are. So, for me, reading the short story after the book, it was just like, I already knew all of that. Yeah. And for you, you were like, all right, whatever. All right, good to know. Good to know about the short story. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, neither of us would recommend this one. It had so much potential. As it was going, I was ready to say, hey. There's another good book in this this section. <laughs> and there's not. Now, I will accept uh, the shit that I should eat for uh, not understanding <laughs> metaphor uh, for 10 she years. She didn't literally eat a puppy. Did not she literally eat a puppy. a puppy. I was indeed wrong, but the book is still not good. I honestly wish Siobhan had actually eaten a puppy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just to be like, Wow. You're that level vampire, huh? I see that's the that was the problem the first time <laughs> I read it for me. So I'm glad she doesn't eat a puppy. Yeah, no, she's she's a better character than that. Mm-hmm. There's a character in Blade the series that literally eats babies because oh she's God. like twelve. And so she will remain the most over the top ridiculous <laughs> baby eating vampire. Siobhan does not get to to take that crown. Good, good. <laughs> we don't need it. All right. Well, next time we will talk about Token, Token of Darkness, Darkness, which I have read and you have read. Yep, one and done. I'm expecting it to be ch- the end of this book is what I'm <laughs> expecting it to be. <laughs> we'll find out. I don't remember cool. it fondly. so I'm going to be so frustrated if each of these books is like, yeah, I care about these characters until suddenly they stop being characters. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yes, indeed. All right. Find me on Twitter at Olivier Hennis and the podcast at Backlist Podcast. Yep. You can also find me on Twitter at Endless underscore Run and us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Backlist and Chill, where our patrons get uh, the episodes a little early. 
Yes. And we love to have you there. And thank you all very much for chatting with us. Mm -hmm. It's been fun. And thank you for listening to us on Spotify as well. So that's always great. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.